of what's your jersey guys there's a lot that's gonna happen today I'm not gonna lie <laughs> there's so much advice we're gonna give you I'm Jacqueline Marfuji your host hostess with the mostest I'm just gonna let you know we're gonna do the just enough with Jacqueline sports section at the end of the podcast because we have so much love and relationship advice coming at you I just want to get started with it is that cool Brian deal oh deal. In. I'm in yes he is in it to win it um I actually you know what normally I don't read off anyone's credits but you have so much cool shit that you've done in your career oh geez that makes me sound old no oh. you could be nine years old and do all this theoretically if I you suppose. have Chris Jenner as a mom true that's true <laughs> if I was if I was a Kardashian I'd have a lot of uh, accomplishments exactly first yeah. of all I just have to give you an honorable mention he's wearing a New York Giants um it's a vintagey looking long sleeve t-shirt I yes. really I really appreciate that I do um, I feel better they won a game they won a game I wouldn't have been happy with that shirt selection last week <laughs> I would have been like, they're dead to me. Change. Well, I wore this shirt. I was in New York last week, and you felt a certain bonding camaraderie of the losing. And I would, I would wear it in other cities, and they're like, your team sucks. <laughs> it's like weird to be that bad this year. It's weird when people know. Like I was, uh, I, I had a Mets shirt on in Barcelona a few years ago, and you, I'm going through like customs, and somebody yells, Mets suck. Like <laughs> you're kind of identified by your jersey. It's you it, know, which is so on brand with this. Yes why we're here but you're better than the new york giants you're so much better than them brian guys this is brian howie which is the worst thing ever because i as a comedian know you say all the credits and then you introduce someone i'm gonna say your credits now and then i'll reintroduce you okay stop me if i'm wrong i have you down you're a ceo and founder of at great love media you're the creator, producer, and national host of the Great Love Debate with Brian Howie podcast. You're an author. Guys, mm -hmm. he wrote a book. I mean, that's an accomplishment right. right there. How to Find Love in 60 Seconds. Oh, we're going to dive deep into that. You've been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox, CNN, The New Yorker, The New York Times, The Los Angeles Times, and Entertainment Tonight. Yes, I can't handle it. Um, You also created a groundbreaking breaking number one off-Broadway sensation called Pieces. I cannot wait to ask you about that. Um, it featured, and stop me if I'm wrong, Brooke Burke, yep. Nicole Ritchie, yep. Brandi Glanville, Jamie Lynn Sigler, What Up Sopranos, Rachel Hunter, Carol Ott, and Shanna Mochler. And you also directed and produced the one-woman show, What Would Janice Do? Starring Janice Dickinson. She's a real subtle, chill person, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, and I'm very confused by this because, like, you're not from Charlotte, but Charlotte Style Magazine named you as one of the 25 most stylish people. Yeah, they did. I don't know. When you pass through Charlotte, they cling to whoever uh, was stylish there. I lived there for a little while, but not actually when I was in that magazine. So oh, it was very strange. Cool. I was. Yeah. I love it. I used to have style before I just wore my giant stuff. <laughs> You have style. You had style on stage. So he also has a touring show called The Great Love Debate, which I was just on at the Hollywood Improv last week. Go to his podcast and listen to it. You yes. recorded it, right? It was good. Yes. It's live now. It sounded good. It was fun. So everyone, meatballs, welcome. Brian Howie, thanks for being here. Hi, this is very luxurious. I get meatballs. There's M&Ms, wine. 
It's all you all good. I know. It's like I'm an Italian housewife inviting you over. This is great. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you've done a lot of shit, and that's why I want you on here. We had a lot of questions written in from the meatballs, so we'll get to those. But I want to get down to how you got to where you are and why we should trust all your opinions, actually. Well, uh, <laughs> I always used to say that my uh, my job wasn't to provide the answers. It was mostly to raise the questions. Ooh. But I've been raising these questions about the dynamic between men and women, and particularly the mindset of the women, for you know a lot of close to 20 years. And so because I have really studied this long, deep, hard for such a uh, period, I do have a lot of the answers and I don't, I, I can't really run from that anymore. Like I used to kind of be like, no, I'm just here to raise the questions, but I do. And um, I've always been fascinated by uh, men and women, particularly women. I thought if I could figure out the way you think, I would get the keys to the kingdom mm -hmm. and all that, you know, I sort of know, uh, five percent of what there is to know but that's more than most guys or women oh it definitely is and we have male listeners so that's why i was yeah. excited to have you on because i don't think you're like just biased towards women or men like you're very good we at both have our uh piece of the puzzle our uh yeah. things we need to do better places we've gone wrong oh i think and um better. i've just been studying this a long time asking a lot of questions and now, you know, we've been doing the Great Love Debate tour for f almost four years. We've been to 81 cities and done 300 shows and 62,000 people have come to these shows. And so we have heard that's a giant social experiment. So we do have a lot of the answers. You've had more matches than Match.com. That is shows. correct. <laughs> I, absolutely. You know, just the very act of congregating goes a long way in 2017 well, 2018. I, I think it's better than any dating app just show up to your show because you can hear everyone's opinions and kind of what they want and, what they need and for the you audience. know 90 minutes we have to let the walls down and people have to be not afraid to express themselves and just the very act of doing that we have literally I mean that's not a, a joke that more people have met at our shows or met very quickly after the show because they put something to use that I said or you said or somebody in the audience said or there's so many triggers that happen at these things that you know we've lost the ability to engage face to face as men and women and and what the great love debate does is force us to do that for a little while I love that you actually I was a, on the panel of your last show and yeah you came at me with a question and I was so mad about my answer after because it was the numbers question and I what was it about like if you had like a thousand guys if I lined up a thousand um, men I, every every city in America, you're within 10 yards of 1,000 people of the opposite sex every single day of your life if you leave your house. So I said to you, if I lined up tomorrow's 1,000 men and you got to engage with each of them for 60 seconds, how many do you think potentially you could fall in love with? And your answer was zero, zero. which was very uh, – it said more about you than the men. <laughs> Very closed off. <laughs> right. And that's why, why would you say, why would you instantly think they all, men, they all soccer, none are good? I, I think it was a knee jerk reaction to be perfectly honest. I, and normally like I've only been, I've only had my main squeeze for about yeah. like a year now, but it was like, no, like no one, <laughs> like I just, it was that sort of thing. And then when I went back and thought about it, I was like, oh, I definitely fall in like with a few people. I'm sure. I have a very easy time like relating to someone and getting along with someone. So I was really mad that I answered zero. You're like, I wish I said at least two. At least 
two. Well, yeah. So something. every once in a while, somebody does say zero. Yeah. What does And that the mean? difference between zero and one is very small. It only seems like one. Yeah. But the one who says one has hope. And the one who has says zero has eliminated the possibility of something. And I always think that is the giant difference is zero and one. Yeah. Like if somebody says one, they might as well say 50. But if somebody says zero, it meant whatever before the main squeeze happened really made you think statistically there's a lot of jerks out there. Yeah. And you live in Hollywood. So that is a that, that does skew the, the <laughs> perspective a little bit. So, okay. That's the curse of the pretty girl. If he can get you, well, he can get her. Oh, God. You, you know, and that's the thing. You yeah. know, it's like they're so emboldened and empowered and they don't appreciate it for what it is. The flip side of that is you know you're always going to get another date. So you're not going to fight through the ick because you're like, somebody else will ask me out. <laughs> if you got two dates a year, you might fight through that early awkwardness to get somewhere. Yeah. So it works both ways. It is weird, though. Because I think there is a thing to, yes, if a guy, like, if you're pretty, you, uh, the guy's going to go after another pretty girl, whatever. But I think that's why you kind of have to hook them with their, like, personality and, like, make them actually care about you at a certain You point. do. Very rarely does the man marry the prettiest girl he ever dated. He marries yeah. the one he loves. Yeah. You know, if a guy asks a, a woman to marry him, it's usually because I love her so much I want to spend the rest of my life with her. Mm-hmm. Women will say yes for a hundred different reasons. Okay. Security, I want babies, he seems fine, I want to settle down, good. And so uh, the men on a lot of levels I think are more romantic than the women give them credit for. So Because I think once he's willing to go to that place and put all his chips in the middle of the table, mm-hmm. he's in there with his heart. She might be in there for practical reasons or I want to have kids Security or see how it works out or you know things like that. And so there is a little bit of a male female difference just in the proposal itself you know you're right wow she dreams of the house the dog the white picket fence he's not even on that list (laughs) (laughs) you know he's not on that list anywhere the kids oh yeah yeah. oh yeah and him be there too because a lot of times the women look at the wedding as the destination i've never done that but some women do and 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 men look at it as okay this is the beginning and uh, exactly. so there is a fundamental difference even even in that. But sorry, that we got off on a little bit of a tangent. But we always it, go it, off it on gets tangents. back to the, when you said zero, I had like a thousand questions about the zero, but I didn't have time. I know, your face, you were just like. I was like, oh my God. Come on, Jacqueline. We're selling hope this. here, Jacqueline. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was like, I was like totally happy with like everything else that happened. But when zero came out of my mouth, I was I, like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but it's. I was me being honest, I guess. It's yep. weird. Mean squeeze. I am very loyal. There you go. <laughs> very loyal. Just in case. I know that's good. Zero. I don't even think about Zero. it. Zero. Nope. Don't even give me your hypothetical. So that's no right. No other options. But I ask that question a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I always give the answer is, I, the, statistically, if you ask most people, the answer is between five and six. Five and six. And so five and six out of a thousand is... 0.05, That seems very needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it, that every single day of your life, you're within 30 feet of five or six people you could fall in love with if you would just engage with them for 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's 2,000 people a year. That's a lot of possibilities. So when people are like, there's nobody out there, or, I don't know what you're talking about. They're all over the place. We just have to learn to try and connect to each other instead of waving and then going home and see if we can find them on Facebook, you know? That is crazy. 
do your (laughs) it's funny i wonder if anyone that goes to your shows actually goes on craigslist misconnections they do all the time people are still on people still use craigslist as a dating site there's people who like the anonymity of it there's people who like there's a little very little paper trail on craigslist there's a whole there's a whole thing going on out there has anyone ever proposed on your show or like after twice two times two out of 294 shows that's pretty good yeah. yeah we've had a lot of first dates at our shows we've had proposals at our shows we've had people break up at our shows i mean pretty I much runs that. the gamut when you're dealing with men women love sex alcohol it's it could all go it's down a perfect storm. yeah and every city's different that's cool. you know some cities are a, a little closer together you know that that if the middle of the country i always say is a lot more hopeful is the word i'll use again Cleveland, Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Louis. They're like, if we just learn to say one thing better, we can cross this bridge. The coasts are entrenched. Boston, Philly, New York's over here. San Diego, LA, San Francisco's over here. It is a a little more challenging where we are. It's funny. My two best friends, actually, who lived out in LA with me, one was from Chicago, what up, Melissa Soso? And she was dating someone long distance when she was living in this apartment with me. Mm-hmm. And she moved back home to be with him. Within two weeks, she found out he had whatever. He was not on his best behavior in Chicago. Then her dad, after two weeks of her like crying on her <laughs> on the floor, was like, you need to get up and go out. And she went to the Green Ball in Chicago and met her now husband. Well, the thing about Chicago and a lot of the middle of the country, we just named Milwaukee the best place in America for 2017 to what? find love. Milwaukee's like Chicago without any of the bad stuff. <laughs> and the reason for that is the men and the women will do things together. They will yeah. play games together. They will socialize together. They will talk together, friends together. New York people only talk to the people they went out with that night. Like, okay. there's very little, like, table hopping in New York. It's like yeah. the four of us. You're Los right. Angeles people only want to talk to whoever they didn't come with. <laughs> they want to look at the door, the you know, and, and other places. The South, the men are on one side and the women on another until somebody's drunk enough to cross the room. Oh, like, God. that's a thing, too. Seattle, people just want to listen to music and look around. Like, it's very, but the middle of the country... The men and the women will go out at happy hour. They will stay at 8 o'clock. They'll watch the Bears game, and then they'll still be out together. So the fear of that it goes a long, long way towards you know bridging the disconnect by not having that. She would always say to me, if you moved to Chicago, you'd be married within six months. Yeah, which may not be a good thing either. No. You might be divorced in 18 months. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's true. You it's know, true. that is true. I, I mean... Doesn't the Italian thing play well in Los Angeles, though? Because it's, it's unusual? I guess aren't, so. Aren't you like a blue lobster here? Like a, <laughs> like different versus like if you go back to Jersey, like there's somebody just like you, no, right? No, there's no one like me. Okay, there we go. It's because I have my California. Maybe when I was growing up, there was no, but like I grew up like in Princeton. It was very like white picket fence. Oh, yeah. Waspy. Princeton's so nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It was a great place to grow up, but like... Even then, I was still, like, kind of weird. Like, no one was like me, you know? Well, that's good. Yeah. I think if I had grown up in, like, Upper Montclair or, you know, more close to the city, then there would have been a lot of, like, Jersey Italian girls. True. Like, for me, it was like, no, what is this? And I also (laughs) moved. We moved. I I was born in New Jersey. I've never talked about this on the podcast, actually. I was born in New Jersey, but then we moved out to California. Oh, you did? When I was, like, six. 
Yeah, um, and we lived in Palos Verdes. My mom used to tell the story, like, before we moved here... You forget Palos Verdes is over there, but when you're there, you're like, this is so nice. Oh, my God. You just forget, because <laughs> it's hard to get to. It is. It's <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yeah, nobody... The only person ever moved from there to here and then moved back is Jerry Seinfeld. Really? Nobody ever moves from... People move from L.A. to New York, and they like it better. Yeah. But anybody who came from New York to Los Angeles... Nobody ever goes back. They never go back. They never go back. Because like, you see this? it, you're like, this is better. Yeah. Yeah. We went back. The Marfugis went back. <laughs> and then you came back. And then I came. Ooh, and now you right. migrated back. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to say, though, like, as a little girl, we would, like, go out in New York City, and I'd be like, oh, I love it here. And we'd be standing next to garbage in the meatpacking district. Yeah. And she'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then in Palos Verdes, like, we lived in a house overlooking the ocean, and I would be like, gross. Yeah. Like, I, I know. just didn't you just like don't, it. Well, we don't have. Yeah. I'm a city girl. That's it. I guess. No. What were you? You were born in New York. Westchester County. So oh. just north of the city. God, there are so The many. hard scrabble streets <laughs> of Bedford Hills, New York. <laughs> the mean streets. It's Martha Stewart's from like down the street. Um, but I lived in Manhattan for 12 years. Okay. And when you come out here, you will never want to admit to yourself that you live here, that you actually live here. So if somebody said no matter where I was in the world... Where are you from? I'm from New York, but I live in L.A. now. Totally. But I would never give that up. And then about three years ago, after 10 years or so of living here, I was shopping down the street on Melrose, and some girl behind the counter is like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from here. And I, as soon as I said that, I was like, I'm from here? Did I just say that? And I was like, what does that mean? And then I realized, like, I'm not going. I am from here. Yeah. Like, if I had kids, they would be Dodgers fans like they were from here like I'm from and I felt like I had to turn in some paperwork or something as a New Yorker that is such a, a bad thing to admit out loud but I'm like I am from here now I don't relate I go back to New York once a month uh-huh. I like it less every time you do that's what everyone's it's going the wrong way it's, it's become angry and dirty and grumpy and it used to be because I travel a lot if you go to a place like Shanghai New York seems like a third world country. You know, it doesn't seem like, oh my God, New York. New York used to have two advantages. It used to be able to say, it's such a melting pot of cultures. Well, so is Charlotte now. So is Minneapolis now. Like every city's that. The other advantage New York used to have was it was this 24-7 thing where, you know, never slept and you can do anything you anytime. You can get anything anytime you want. You can get anything it. anytime anywhere now because the internet is changing. So the the advantages that New York always had are gone and the stuff that was bad about New York is still there or worse. And so part of me is just sad as a as a New Yorker that it was like it didn't take this this leap and it never quite recovered from 9/11. Like it never quite did. Like a, a few pe- things left and and never really came back and financially things even moved to Jersey City and Stamford, Connecticut and things like that. It never came because I was there in 9-11 so you feel this pride and we're going to be back the same. It's not the same. It's, it's not. just not. Would you ever raise kids there? No. Yeah. It's too expensive. It's so expensive. But I would I couldn't imagine anybody raising kids anywhere than, other than California. Like here's a ball. Go outside kids. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that 350 days a year here. Yeah. But think about the... The size of your house and the swimming pool and the place that you could have like in the middle of the country or in the south compared to the tiny little house you could get for a million dollars down the street. That's the only Oh, that's true. You just put me in a different economic bracket than I that I my fantasy had. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I could kill it in Nashville. A million dollar house here is like picture a million dollar house in Nashville. Yeah. That's true. That's the crazy thing about it. I know that's the thing. It's like if you're in, you know, Dayton. 
Dayton. I like Dayton, Ohio. I know. I like Dayton, Ohio, too. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, like I said, I've been to 81 cities across North America over the last couple years. I can't believe how much I really like some cities. Really? Like, I love Minneapolis. I've never been. I love Charlotte. Charlotte's great. You know, I like Seattle. Wow. It's funny, though, like L.A., guys, it's supposed to be 90 degrees here on Thanksgiving. I know it is. That's insane. And we're going to complain. I know. We're all so going to complain. Well, I'm, I'm going to be in New Jersey. <laughs> You're going to be in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be hot here. It was like winter coat traffic. You know, and everywhere we go, if you, you know, about the dating thing, it has a different dynamic. And so I had um, some meatballs right in, actually, because the holidays are coming up. Oh, time for love. Tis the season. Is that it? It's cuffing season. So they say, right? but I, I don't understand that. I mean, there's no cuff. That's the one thing about Los Angeles that makes it even hard to date because every day is the same, so there's no sense of urgency. Right now in Chicago, if you don't have a big burly guy to warm yourself with the winter, it's going to be rough. It's going to be real lonely. Right. So cuffing season, I get it, but I don't understand why you would... Getting through holidays with somebody new that you're dating is like diving into the deep end of the pool. If you make it through there, why would you want to stop dating them in January and February or whatever? Okay, so this is what people were asking. Yeah. They were like, okay, if I've been in a relationship that's like at the six-month mark, at the, the year mark, I have to do the holidays with the boyfriend. Yeah. What's your best advice for guys or girls, for getting through the holiday season with your significant other. Well, I did this. I did a TV spot about this the other day, oh, and, cool. and and they were uh, I, about this very thing. And I, I said I went on a second date once to Christmas dinner at some girl's house. She's like, "Listen, if we get along, you're gonna have to deal with this eventually. And if we don't like each other, or it's not gonna work out, my family will be the first ones to let me know. So we'll figure this out right now. But what I think is, you have to have conversations and communicate early on that. There are unusual things that happen around the holidays. You have to deal with family members. The gift thing is a little strange. And the more you kind of talk about it and keep it light and fun and what are we going to do for gifts for each other because you don't want him giving you a something that's cheap and then you bought him something nice or vice versa. If you're less than a year in, I think, everything should be discussed in a – in a playful manner. Listen, my uncle's pervy. He's probably going to grab you. <laughs> you know, sorry. My grandmother says racist shit. Like, like again, so the, more, the more that you communicate and, and, and think that let's not judge each other. We can judge everything around us, yeah. you know, the same way. I think that's good. But it's fun. You should have fun with everything. Mistletoe should come into play okay. a lot, you know? <laughs> It should. Uh, it's so fun. I love Christmas everywhere because there's, you can go ice skating and you can go. You can go ice skating anywhere. You can go ice skating anywhere, but that's a fun thing. You take her hand and if you're a good ice skater, you feel very brave. And if you're terrible, it's kind of cute shuffling your way around the ice. Like there's things you can do around the holidays. You know, she can hit you in the head with a snowball if you're in the right place. And, and it's playful and it's fun and, and there's a little less work pressure. Okay. Because people don't work as hard during the holidays. You can see each other a little bit fat. You know, <laughs> I think that's good. What's tough is dating someone around the holidays who's on a, like a diet or a restricted eating plan. It's embarrassing. It's tough. I've been through that. <laughs> I live in Los Angeles. Date a lot of girls who just like, uh, who I brought home and my mother's like, uh, we have uh, carrots. You'll eat those, won't you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> suck it up and be off your diet for the holidays. Yeah, what we're well, saying. It's that's more fun you know, this for is everyone. this is the place where it's competitive to only gain fifteen pounds during a pregnancy. So you know, <laughs> don't even <laughs> so get me started. That's what's going on here. But having fun with the holiday stuff itself, 
and the more you talk about it, the less serious and scary it will be. Guys, yeah. if you're listening to this, do not propose on Christmas and do not propose on New Year's or her birthday or Valentine's Day. Pick a freestanding day right. so she can have a separate day for that. I think it's so selfish when people get married on New Year's Eve. I hate it. I know. I've been, I feel my, my, my best cousin got, got married, married on, on Christmas Eve. Eve. What? I had to go to a Christmas Eve wedding. That's yeah. kind of weird. He was a baseball player, and we had to like schedule it around the off season. But I mean, they could have picked another day. Yeah. Yeah. So people, I was like lugging gifts to New Orleans. Ugh. It was very strange. I love New Orleans. I know so much. Um, my parents got married on the twenty third of December. That's annoying. I know it's annoying for my brother and I because we're always like, God, we're flying in on the twenty third. It's like, sorry. So sorry, the anniversary's on the twenty third. The anniversary's the twenty third. So we always are getting the Christmas gifts, and their anniversary gifts always suck. Yeah. Because like. <laughs> You know, We're doing the Christmas and it's like last minute and like we basically they pick us up from Newark Airport and we go out to dinner and my dad usually pays so it's like not even like us being able to do anything. But it's you brought yeah you brought up on the on the, <laughs> on the meatballs the uh, the six month or the year uh-huh. if you're six weeks in like okay. it's still a good test and time and don't be afraid that the the holidays are coming or or you know I somebody started dating me once five days before my birthday. And I let her know right away. I go, this is probably <laughs> crazy, you know, that you have to deal with this. Make me a funny card and and we'll have fun. And like we talked about it. Everything's about confidence and communication. If you're just not afraid to ask questions and you keep it non-judgmental, you know. And, I think it sounds like you're saying don't have an ego don't you just, you know, people are like, I'm trying to survive it. But just pretend like you're riding it. You know, like it's a ride and you're going to get through it in a fun way. Like one of my favorite holiday movies is The Family Stone. Yeah, I brought that up the other day. You did? I brought that up on my podcast. I haven't heard it. I promise I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not copying. That's exactly what shouldn't happen at the table where she nervously kept talking till talking and until the father freaked out on her. Exactly. She was trying to, you know, she didn't mean any malice by it and then. There's a lot of alcohol and you're in people's environments. But you have to understand, like, all of our families are a little screwed up. Uh, Everything. And so everybody's judging you. You're judging them. Everybody has to just sort of ride through the holidays and then be like, that was crazy. That was fun. And keep it, you know. Some of the best moments in that movie and in real life are like laughing at the mistakes that happen during the holidays. Yeah. You have to keep a sense of humor meatballs. Just laugh. I went to a, the, 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 the thing I talked about, I went on a second date to, to uh, Christmas. I wanted to seem more festive than I really am. So I wore this Christmassy sweater. It was so itchy. I was like scratching myself the whole time. And they're like, does he have like an allergy or something? And they, <laughs> la- they laughed at me, you know, and it was fine because I was like, I was... I tried too hard. I'm trying to, because I'm going to the main squeezes parents house for Thanksgiving and thinking about like an outfit to wear for like Thanksgiving dinner. I hope some of you ladies can relate. Maybe some you want to look good, but not too good. Exactly. You want to be like, yeah, I'm adorable, but like, I'm so relatable (laughs) and like chill. Like I normally, when I go out, wear like high boots and like heels and, you know, maybe have some cleavage or whatever. Very tasteful, but (laughs) tasteful cleavage, tasteful cleavage. But you know, now I think I need, I'm going to go shopping for like, cute slides like flats yeah go <laughs> for go for pretty not hot exactly so you that's know, but then but then no matter what you wear like my mother would be somebody who would find she would go oh so is that the way the girls are wearing their hair these days like just take a 
you know, intentionally, there's nobody good enough for my son kind of thing. And yeah. she'd make it. And you have to ride with that. With too. a grain of salt. You know, if be you. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, it's funny. I mean, it is what it is. It, and it, I'm lucky we're with what uh, you too. Like you're on stage so much and you have to be so quick with things. So like. We have the advantage, but sometimes like when I'm on stage and there's a heckler, like you shoot them down by shutting them up and you can't do that. <laughs> no, you have to you have to ride it out and distant relatives are not good and you have no. people around and, and you know, uh, it's fun. I, th I think one of the best things to do also if you're at someone's house is to just be the guest. Just try to get to know them and help out. Always help out. Always help out Always and help never out. turn down food. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, you're going to have to eat it. And something else. It was funny. I was talking to a girl last night, and she was like, yeah, I've only been dating this guy for a little bit, but I'm going to his parents' house for Thanksgiving. She was Canadian. So she's like, it's my first Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, cool. So what are you bringing to the house with you? And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, my God. I'm so happy we're having this conversation. Yeah. I was like, you have to bring something. Anything. It doesn't have to be expensive. Whether a bottle of wine, a dessert, like a just something. You flowers. do. The other thing you bring that up, if you just started dating somebody, the fact that they want you to come mm -hmm. says so much about how they feel about you oh. that you should just, no matter all the other circus stuff aside, yeah. this person is proud to bring you to introduce people that he ostensibly cares about. And that is a really big thing. Sometimes girls are like, he just wants to hang out with his friends. We always have to hang out with his friends or vice versa. The fact that they want you around means they're proud of you. It means they want to show you off. So if somebody's bringing me home or I'm bringing somebody home, that's speak, that speaks more than the nonsense. And you got to look at it that way. So are there any like like top three things that show you someone actually cares about you? So one of them is they're bringing you around. They're bringing you around. They're, they're you know, proud to be with you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm big on communication when you don't need it. I'm big on the very small, like, I'm just calling because I just want to hear your voice for two seconds. I have nothing to say. I just wanted to say hi, like randomly in the middle of nowhere to the point of I'm probably annoying about it. <laughs> but I think that's a thing that the fact that they want you to know you're thinking of them. Do guys want you to reach out? Also? I love it. You do. So it's okay if a girl, because that's if she something likes I never me, used to do. Tell me more. Okay. Like, that's me. I mean, because I can handle it. I might, like, 15 years ago, I'm like, oh, my God, she's, you know. You have to be, as a guy, ready to accept the love coming back or, or accept the gesture coming back. The only thing people are always like, what do you look for in a girl? That she likes me. Everything else is negotiable. Mm -hmm. And if she's not afraid to show that she likes me around other people or just one-on-one -on -one or that she's thinking of me or that I mean something to her, oh, my God, that's unbelievable. Good. So so if he has a problem with that, find somebody else. He's not the guy for you. He's not the guy for He's you. He's not ready. Right. He, no guy should want to get less of you or, or your thoughts or your attention or your feelings. You, we want more. I think we do. I think the, the guy who's sort of secure in what he wants in this, he's not afraid of that he's at all. He's not going to put up with that. He's going to be like, oh, she doesn't like me. Like on to the next one. Yeah. The number one reason why the guy, I believe, 
doesn't call you back or seems like he loses interest is he has no idea that you really like him. And that was we, the biggest mistake I made through my 20s. We, we don't know. You guys, I mean, you guys, it's at a level only dogs can hear. Like, we have no <laughs> clue. Women are like, I go, well, you went out with a guy. What happened at the end? She goes, I said, thank you. I go, did you say thank you? I'd like to do it again. She goes, he could tell. He can't fucking tell. We can never tell. She's like, well, I laughed and I touched his arm. I'm like, we cannot. You have to literally speak. Spell it out for us. You have to ask for what you want, basically. Yeah, and ask for what you want. Gabby Conte's in like, walking through in the like room. a playful <laughs> way. Laughing. I mean, we need the we need the the smack on the nose, but we also need the pat on the nose. And I believe that men are eminently trainable. Yeah, and we should be trained. You all can't change. You can't change. Well, I think you can give us a guideline okay. to your happiness because all we know is what the last girl liked, and we only didn't find that out till we saw her with the new guy. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you an example. So sad. I was dating a girl uh, in my twenties mm-hmm. back when we had to pick you up at your house, and she told me uh, we first started dating. She goes, "Listen, every time you pick me up, you need to show up with flowers or candy." Or champagne and you you're wincing and a lot of my friends are like what a bitch I'm like I got this so for three weeks every time I picked her up I showed up with candy or champagne or flowers mm-hmm. after three weeks she says to me listen you don't really have to do this I just wanted every time we went out to feel special and if she had just said that to me I would have thought that men like don't wear flip-flops like I would have not even understood special when I was like 26 years old so she ba- basically gave me like a fun challenging slightly bitchy task that sort of trained me in a way that it didn't really change me but it made me be aware of that was important to her that every single time I didn't take it for granted and, and I never like, forgot that of course I did it okay. because it was a thing like if you give us a clear roadmap to what ma- what you need we will jump as high as it takes to get the cheese but you guys sometimes either don't or you say it in a negative fashion if you don't want me to you know wear my uh, Ben Roethlisberger jersey not that I would or something like that <laughs> instead of saying like Ugh, are you gonna wear that you'd be like I think you are so hot when you wear that blue shirt <laughs> done yeah like done like it's just saying things in a fun, playful, positive way that these guys need, and I think the women, you know, don't. Uh, they're so used to watching shows like King of Queens, where the guys just henpecked to death. You know, and that seems like a fun relationship. No, you have to. And a lot of times, the women. Uh, I ask women all the time, "What do you need to be happy?" Mm-hmm. And the list of what makes you unhappy is right there it's very accessible the happy list you haven't given it nearly as much thought to and if you don't know how do i know and so if you just sort of figure that out like here's what i want i brought that up at the show the other day that i think that all women need a man who makes them feel special a man who makes them feel sexy and a man who makes them feel safe and everything else you want you can think of is sort of a subset of or tangential to one of those things and uh and a lot of times they're like, well, I need this. I need a man who wants to travel. You like to travel because you never had anybody you wanted to stay home with. You know, I think a lot of times it's about a feeling and it's not really understanding what we need. So it's, it's a little bit of self-inventory and how can I put this guy in a position to succeed? Because we want to make you happy. We don't, we want to make you laugh. We do not want to make you cry, but we just don't know. We don't, we're chimps. Do you, th- you are. It's so <laughs> funny. I was actually, I used to do a joke. I don't even know if I remember it, but it was along the lines of like, I was nannying three kids for a while. 
mm-hmm. and I found my experience with the kids was very similar to like like getting what I wanted from them and like getting them to behave and like do certain things it was very similar to like getting the boyfriend to do what you want like it's very similar like you, they need to be fed yes <laughs> you know like to be happy um if they're not giving you what you want you have to let them know and you have to correct them and right if, if it's still not being fixed i find that you take certain things away that they love <laughs> and, and, you know well you know i think even the way the what women say they want i always ask women what do they want in a guy and they go and they hear i want funny i want funny mm. You don't want funny. You want to laugh and you want to have fun. And those are two different things. You want the reaction that funny gives. You want to feel laughing. So these men are like, if I'm, so they're constantly trying to be funny and it comes off really awkward or corny. And even some comedians in real life, a lot of them aren't, just aren't funny people. No, we're observers. Yeah, they're observers or there's a dark side or all that kind of stuff. The women want to laugh and laugh means create an environment that is, Fun and you, you're both confident and you're not afraid and and you know I, I brought up Halloween at our show the other night the way we feel on Halloween that you can just take a chance and be something that you've always wanted to be or not that's the way you should treat a date or a relationship or whatever is just we're gonna put our chips in the table and see where we're gonna go with this and I think that's so much better than Oh my God, what's around the other corner? What's next? What's next? You know, but I think it's like hard for people to go with that attitude because they've been hurt so many times. I would love to go into every relationship. Like, let's just put our chips on the table. You're, Do you say that on the first date? Or like, when does that become? Uh, uh, I don't think you say it. I think that you have to go into it. Like my only goal of the first date is to get to the second date. You know, I think that the number I always say, people are like, well, how do you know? Is it two weeks or three dates or 40 days or whatever? It's a hundred hours. Once you spend a hundred hours with somebody, and that could be on the phone, that could be in person, then you have sort of an assessment of whether or not you even want to get into a relationship. So you have to just get to the point where you're surviving. It's like ping pong. You're just hitting it back and forth, hitting it back and forth until you've accumulated enough time together without smashing it or hitting it off the table or scaring each other off. And I, I think we don't do that sometimes. Men are, Women are really afraid of being hurt, and men are free, really afraid of being rejected. And we're both coming at it with this, this when is it going to go bad early? And it, I got news for you. It probably will go bad. It might go bad in the first week. Or it might go bad in 10 years. But statistically, the only one that works out is the last one. So, <laughs> you know, you got to keep going till you get to the last one. And... Uh, and do and you think you take something from each relationship? And if you do person? it right, you should. And if you're afraid of, you know, being hurt, we're very uh, resilient people. And uh, and you cannot be afraid to be hurt. You will bounce back from it. You will get over it. You know, the men don't get over it because they don't know how to get over it. And they don't talk about it. And, they, and, they and it comes it out like months later and like months weird later ways. you bitch that's yeah. you know and they're carrying it around like we're all we all have shit yeah. and we're all care- and we're all a little afraid and nobody's really got it figured out and so i think if you just go into it like i want to have as good a time together as we can for these two hours and then let's do it again and then you keep going and then you try and just put one foot in front of the other and go. But if we're on a first date and you're like, mm, I don't know how this is going to work in four months. Well, who, Ugh, you're not even that. out with the person that you're going to be dating in four months. You're out with their publicist, <laughs> essentially, on the first date. You know, you just have to keep 
hitting the ball back and forth and uh, as long as you can. But you also have to, what we tend to do is pull the parachute too quickly on these things. Like we're really nervous, especially the guys on the first date. Mm-hmm. We may do something wrong. We may do something awkward. Unless I spill something flammable on you or, or you feel endangered by me, we have to go out again. Like we'll change the activity and we'll do something different. But I think women underestimate how nervous the men are. Women are like, he just talked about himself the whole time. He wouldn't show up. Sh- shut up. When men are nervous, they talk more. And and they're trying so hard to impress you. Like if he's babbling on and on about the, the trade he made at one of his Wall Street job or whatever, he's trying hard to impress you. It doesn't, it's, it's not just, you know, an intrinsically narcissistic because thing. Because they don't do like what we do, the question, answer, like listen, like get to, like no one's trained to do this. No, no one's know? trained so to do this. might just be going, going, And going. we tell you, we ask you out. We tell you you look beautiful. Yeah. We're trying the whole time. And all we're really getting back maybe is a thank you. We, we're just throwing stuff out and hope well, we get I a reaction really, back. We don't get much back. Yeah, it's true. Right. We I have to try to give a compliment. We have to try and kiss you. Like, I don't hear 50 times in my life that I'm good looking. Okay? <laughs> you probably hear Brian, it. Brian, you're so good looking. There's 49 to go. <laughs> but you hear it. It's like white noise. You're you're just like thank you. I we don't sh- know. In this day and age, I feel like guys are scared to say anything. Today. Now I know we're br- that's a that's a whole different thing. Yeah, we should get into that later. But uh, but that's a thing too. Like we're constantly throwing stuff, and we're not getting any positive reinforcement. Yeah. Back that you might like us. We but think you think we're gross. I think there's a fine. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We think you think we're gross. I think. There's a fine line, though, that you have to let a guy know you're into it and, like, positively reinforce and compliment without going over the top, you know? I think as a girl, you have to hold your chips close a little bit. That's why you got to say things. Like, if I was out with you yeah, uh, and you said, and it sounds like something you would say, I bet you didn't think you'd like me this much, did you? <laughs> like, that tells me that you like me and I know you like me. Like, that kind of line is a funny way yeah. to say it right okay and it'll make me it'll 100%. make somebody that's i've definitely one. sent the text to the main squeeze oh my god you must be missing me so much today <laughs> exactly yeah. that kind of stuff keeps it a level like you're laughing yeah you know painful. you know we're, we're we so want that reaction and guys don't go up to her and ever say a woman and say smile like they hate that or tell her to smile but if i walk up to you and said was that a smile they always smile every time just walk up to her and say was that a smile i hope you're listening dude meatballs just say everyone will smile it's true i just did there's just such a way that you that if you keep it not creepy which now the line of creepy has moved so that any hello is creepy now harvey Weinstein. and uh i know and then that's a problem too i brought that up the show the other night like it's it's brutal now for the guys also brought up a thing at the show the other night which it used to be, and you talked about this, you would pick someone up. And my response to that was, I think you should go on like one or two dates and meet up first and then do the official like pickup once you're like, okay, this is someone like I think I trust and I could actually. If if I'm the kind of person you can't trust, I can absolutely hide it for one or two dates. Oh. Like okay. the true psycho. <laughs> You know, he he, he can hide it for 30 days. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's very rare that some rant. Well, what did you do 15 years ago when you said you have to pick me up? Like you did. We had to. My dad actually said that 15 years ago to whoever was picking me up. (laughs) Well, I tell you what it did do. We picked you up. 
we would ring the bell. Yeah. We would be a little nervous. Uh-huh. We would sh- maybe show up with flowers. We probably had to drive, so we weren't just drunk by the time you got to the meet us yeah, somewhere. Yeah, Uber's changed the game. It has. There, so there everyone. was a certain level of chivalry that we appreciated you trusting us with your safety and all that kind of stuff that now... There's no skin in the game. You meet us when we're out. We can be just as big of assholes you meeting us out. Trust me. And so me. can girls. Like, I'm and not so putting it on the guys. Like, girls can go out with one guy and then the next, like, it, there's a happy hour date, there's a dinner date, and there's a drinks after dinner date. And like, I've been the happy hour date and I knew she had another date. And yeah. it's it's like being the opening act. It's. Fuck that. <laughs> exactly. I'm the entree. I want a feature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just know because people do that. They line up That's like five dates. You gotta let you gotta let a date breathe. Oh, okay. So is that your advice? You gotta let. A date I think breathe. you go out with one until you decide you don't like that one anymore. Okay. Because if you got say I'm gonna line up, I'm gonna go out with a guy Thursday and another guy Saturday. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to the guy Saturday if you like the person on Thursday. Okay. I don't think that guy's getting a fair shot. It won't kill you to. And also, the other thing you should do: don't go out with somebody unless you have a chance to go out with them a second time. In the next 10 days meaning I go out with somebody on a Tuesday and then she's out of town for weddings the next three weekends and we have to basically start over in 20 days you need the chance for momentum you need to basically say there's a 10 day window here where I can probably go out twice or three times so we can get to because if you're like we went out once and then I'll see you again in a month well then you're basically going on another first date yeah you are you know that's funny it's god I can't remember the book it was the women who wrote Either men are from Mars, women are... That was a guy. Okay, it wasn't that one. <laughs> God, I wish I could remember it. But there was a book they wrote in the 80s. Like The Rules? Maybe, yeah, The Rules. And then their daughters grew up and they were like, Mom, like this isn't what's up. So they wrote another book with their daughters. Yeah, that, that book set a generation of people back. Exactly. So they, in that book, there were certain points I actually wanted to bring up. There were certain points in that book. They were like, if he hasn't asked you out by Wednesday, don't go out with, with him for the weekend. And I say to that, hey, I know it's Friday at 6 o'clock. I was thinking about what I wanted to do, and I don't want to do anything as much as I want to see you. You want to go out tonight? Oh, I like that. Exactly. Like, you're taking away, what, spontaneity now and all this? And and they were the ones who... To a guy if you're, like, available on Friday or Saturday? Who gives a shit? He's available, too. Yeah. He's saying to you, this is what I want to do tonight, and I'm just going to take a shot that you might be available. Yeah. Let's go. They taught women that men like to chase. Men do not like to chase. Men like to pursue. There's a difference. Chase is a moving target. We hate that. Pursue means I'm going towards a fixed destination Mm -hmm. with purpose and passion. And it's like, here's the bullseye and I'm going to do everything I can to get there. Chase is like... Uh, it's game playing. It's nonsense. And I also think it's really hard to do game playing in this day and age because everyone gets a text. Everyone like sees something. <laughs> on- well, you would think, but there's also things that went, uh, example, and say we go on a first date and uh, she just winced for the audience at home. She was like, oh God, no. All right. Let's say somebody, one of your, <laughs> one of your friends went on a first date and, uh, and we're out on a date and you're like, so what do you like to do? And I'm like, I like to play poker with my friends on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, but you're not going to say anything because it's the first date and you can't really complain. Then we start dating and six weeks in, you're like, you want to go to Carrie's house Friday night? And he's like, no, remember, it's my poker night. And you're like, and then a fight happens because you didn't feel comfortable saying anything on date one. If on date one, he said, I like to play poker on Friday nights and you said something like, 
oh my God, there's so many more fun things we can do than poker on Friday nights. Yeah. He's not playing poker on Friday nights anymore. Like if right there, you say it in a like fun way. Not I'm going to take away your life. I'm going to make your life better. You only playing poker because you haven't known Friday night with me yet. You know, we'll do whatever. You know, you just got to give them a roadmap to this is going to be fucking awesome. I even say I that to, that. to girls all the time. <laughs> girls are like, you know, he just is making moves on the first date and all the time. A lot of times he's making a move because if you kiss him, you like him. Like we're trying to get some positive feedback. But if you said to a guy, listen, I'm not going to do anything really till I feel comfortable with you. But once I feel comfortable with you, it'll blow your mind. He will forget I'm not going to do anything. He'll remember that now that blow your mind is on the table and you might eventually find him desirable and he okay. will calm the fuck down. Okay. Like that's really what it is. It is about giving a roadmap to if we can just work on this it's going to be so fun for you yeah. both sides of it you know you just looked at me like i was crazy no no i agree with that yeah and we were so about no and this and scared and that just let's paint a roadmap to each other's happiness but that takes figuring it out what makes you happy i mean it's very very rarely that you haven't met the right person it's more likely that you haven't been the right person yeah. And that takes doing some work. And boys now, more than ever, I believe, want to do the work. I do. I do find that. And we're ma- curious and we're, we go to therapy and we ask questions and we read books. We, you guys are so complicated now <laughs> that we just want to. So I think, there's, I think there's a better pool of men in 2017 than has ever existed in the history of this country. Really? They're more introspective. They're more vulnerable. They're all this. And I think it's a harder bullseye to hit. I think that was the the price of the independent woman. Mm-hmm. I think that's the cost of it was because you need us less, which you do. Yeah. But it's harder for us to get into your world. So all of these guys who would have gotten into your, you would have killed for these guys 20 years ago. No. You don't give them the time of day. Don't need them. Don't need them. So what about that book, Why Men Love Bitches? Is that outdated now? That's not a thing now? Uh, It's not that they like bitches. Okay. It's that they like... You know, people understand being difficult with being challenging mm-hmm. or being interesting. Or be- men like a, men like to play video games because there's a little bit of a competition that they eventually, if they do the right thing, can win. Mm-hmm. Okay, we want to know like if we. It's when you move the bar around all the time, and we really have no like. She's fucking crazy. Like that's <laughs> what we think. Like she's crazy. She changed her mind. If you continuous like just keep you know, giving us direction in a way that is going to make us feel good about ourselves. Men want to win. They want to accomplish things. They want to, they want to feel helpful. They want to feel helpful. They you want to, to let fe- them help you. That was something that you brought up at the show. Let us. Yeah. I know you can buy your own stuff and I know you can get, we can't even get you ride anymore. Like you can Uber it. Just let us, That's let us play thing. Superman for five minutes a day <laughs> and we'll feel so much better about ourselves. Like I get it. The men have to, you know, buck up and grow bigger balls and everything. But physiologically we're still wired to want to protect and save and help and i know you don't need us to do that but create a little something where we can do something for you you know yeah it would help so much so wait are you single can the meatballs date you no i have somebody i like and i think she likes me Ooh, okay. that's all i hope for like i think she likes me and that's good but that's what i want like like she lets me know she likes me oh my god it must be so scary to date you why is that? Because like you're so informed on dating and all the. Well, things I'm not, but I, judging her or doing anything. No, I think a lot of what I've learned 
I, because I never think I've solved the puzzle mm-hmm. and I'm continually, uh, I think I know what to say that women, put it this way, I'm able to sidestep a lot of the landmines. I'm not always able to do the right thing, but I avoid doing the wrong thing. How lot. did you guys meet? I understand. Um, she's in entertainment oh, business cool. and she's a producer and she thought I was talented. And Producers are great. I'm dating one. They're great. Y- yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, um, and so you learn to. I, I, you know how to sidestep that. You know how to say I'm sorry. You you understand that uh, she may not want to be right, but she definitely wants to be heard. I like that. A- and you learn things like that. And the right woman can just explain that in a way that us boys can, that it can click in and we can understand it, that changes everything. Like if somebody just says the right thing in the right way at the right time for all of us, mm-hmm. it can all kick in. So not judging like once you get over 40 like me and you've never been married you should be judged it's a giant red flag <laughs> and, and so you know you have to find somebody who's okay with that you're better off being divorced five times than being 40 and single i don't know about that it is i think living in la though like that's that's not a little a, bit yeah, I guess, but it's still not good. It's, it's not, not good. Okay. It, it, it means that you're willing to put enough chips on the table to stay in the game, but you're not going all in. <laughs> you know, so and you so, 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 so the, go all in? I think it's time to go all in. I yeah. think, but I'd also think like it takes us till 40. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, if you get to 40, generally speaking, and you've never been married as a guy, you either have some emotional blockage, mommy issues, you know. Yeah. You're gay or you're a total fucking player and you're never going to change. <laughs> it's really only one of those three things. And for me, it was one of those things. I never completely trusted my parents' love for each other. Uh-huh. They've married 53 years. I, I've never seen them make physical contact, you know? That's a big thing, actually. I feel like a lot of people I, that are in their 30s and 40s. I, never, I didn't trust them, which means I didn't trust the concept, which means I didn't trust their love for me. Okay. So I'd always have these girlfriends for a long time, long relationships and whatever, but I would just be like... The resume I handed in was for boyfriend. Yeah. Like, that's a different skill set. Like, that's just like, let's go to the movies and have dinner and hang out and Not whatever. Not the scary stuff. Yeah. And eventually, you know, we were doing these great love debate shows about halfway through the second year. When we first started, I'm like, you poor single people. Girls like me, it's not hard to date. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. And I was like Jerry Springer. I was just trying to stir the crap. And about halfway through the second year, I'm like, these people are feeling stuff that I don't even know about. So I went to therapy Mm -hmm. and I'm like, why don't I even feel this stuff? And then you realize like five-year-old Brian didn't feel loved and he spent his whole life building the wall, you know? that actually is something that a lot of guys are probably walking around with that don't even realize they're walking around with. And a lot of women aren't aware of it. It took somebody to realize like what, because it's not all suddenly like it's wide open, whatever, that it was like baby steps and I got to learn what I'm dealing with here and, uh, a lot of men, especially when it comes to women, there's a lot of men who might have tried to say hello to you freshman year of college. You might have rejected him because you didn't even notice. You didn't even hear him. And that manifests itself either he's angry at women or he's terrified at women. Mm-hmm. And there's so many of those guys walking around just because they didn't know how to process the wrong reaction in the right way. And I think like having these dialogues, like, guys, we are going to get rejected. We are going to get hurt. We are going to do things. And, and you have to not take it so personally. 
you might just been in a bad mood or like I said, you might not have even heard us because for whatever reason. Yeah. And the guys cannot, you know, people ask what I've learned the most over the last few years, like studying this stuff. I had no idea how uh, afraid and hurt the men were. Wow. I think a lot of us don't realize that either. Because I didn't even realize it about myself, yeah. you know? So I'm like, what's wrong with these guys? Like, I can get a date. But getting a date is different from going to that, like... Next level. I love you. We're in this together, diving in. And so I would look back on, I'm like, oh my God, how frustrating must it have been for my girlfriends when they would just look at me like, you don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? And I would just make a joke. Like, we had a good time last night. What are you talking about? Like, it just would have been incredibly frustrating that they just wanted to shake me and been like, you just don't even know what, like that safe word that I bring up. You don't even know what I mean by that. And I didn't. And hearing other people sort of admit it and talk about their own experiences, like I'm missing out on, you know, I sort of limited my floor, but I limited my ceiling. So I was living life in this middle bandwidth and you have to be willing to sort of roll the dice and dive in and go to that scary place. If you want to get the good, you got to lick that, Tootsie Roll pop if you want to get to the Tootsie Roll. That's you know? right. you got to be vulnerable. you got to be I vulnerable. I feel like we're doing a lot of casino references, like rolling the dice, stacking the chips. <laughs> Perhaps. I appreciate it. We talk about casino on here. It's my favorite movie. Yeah, this there's a lot great. of Goodfellas references, but not as many yeah. casino references. <laughs> That's true. And we've gone through a whole long time without even mentioning Britney Spears, which I didn't even know you were capable of. I, know. I didn't know you were capable of talking this long without mentioning Britney. As Britney and Federline oh. once said... <laughs> Their chaotic romance. God, that was a good reality show. <laughs> God, I miss chaotic. <laughs> I'm so upset, actually. But Federline can get a lot of girls just because he has Britney on his resume. Oh, yeah. That's how screwed up a lot of girls are. Oh, I will God. date him because he dated her. Yeah. It's that stamp of approval. What do you do when it comes to, like, if you're dating a guy and, like, you deep dive and you see, like, he's dated some really hot girls or, like, a really, like, successful person or, like, is it better to just not know about the past? Or you have to assume we all have a past. If he has no past, if you're the first hot girl he's ever dated, he's not going to know how to deal that with that either the first time some guy talks to you in a bar. You know, you all have to sort of... Uh, I want to know how we got here. That's what I want to know. I want to know, like, what was going on. I'm not going to judge you on it, but I want to know what I'm dealing with here. Yeah. Like, I dated a girl for a long, long time, and I had no idea that she just was not over some guy who was a jerk to her to the point where she dated him for five years. She looks at it like those five years did not exist. Ooh. So she basically carved a black hole in her in her life. She even like said she was five years younger than she was because she didn't count the years. I need to know that. <laughs> right, but I need to know that at some point. So you know, you know, how you, to deal you, with you don't, situations. you know, you don't need to know exactly everybody's you know sexual history, but you yeah. should know if they're a virgin. You know, you should know something. Okay. You should know if they've had, because you have to be able to judge, what am I dealing with here? You know, if if I go out with a girl on a first date and I've never been married at 40, she has every right to ask that because that's the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. what, how come you've never been married? Why are you still single? Right, why are you still single? And when people, you know, we get this at our shows a lot that people don't like the question, how come you're still single? It's a fucking compliment. They don't ask that to the unattractive person. Mm -hmm. Good. <laughs> I used to say I just haven't found the right person yet. I say the day's not over yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what, but I don't even say I haven't found the right person yet because that's putting it on them. Okay. 
I think you have to own it. You know, I think you have to be like the reason we're all are whatever we are. It has to be you. So what it, do it's you even more empowering. Put it on yourself. Me? I was. I mean, I make the joke if I first say the day's not over yet and then they'll fight through the joke. No, seriously. Yeah. And then I literally say what I said that like, honestly, for a long time, it just took me a while to to go to the place that I now feel I'm capable of going. And yeah. they like the women want to know the boys are trying. You want to know we're doing the work. You want to know we're asking the questions. And you want to know. Now, I say the most confident man in the room is usually the one who, like, owns his greatest weakness. Like, the most vulnerable guy. The guy who's just like, I fucked up, or I wasn't great, or I want to learn, or I didn't understand, or I was scared, or whatever. The women are okay with all of that as long as you own it. And if she's not, then she's probably not the right fit for you that you would have to hide it. You know? I think a lot of it is timing. Do you agree with that? You met the same person at 24, you know, you might have not even noticed each other. Yeah. Like it's all timing, mm-hmm. you know, there's people that I, and I also didn't want to get divorced. Like I wanted to do it once for 50 years. You want to be like in it to win it. <laughs> yeah. And everybody I know who was, was doing it, you know, they, they were either going from husband, wife to mom and dad real quick. And then I'm, and, and that's a. That's a transition that I, you know, I want to run around the world with my wife, mm-hmm. you know? So I wanted to, to get to the point where, A, I could do that, and B, somebody wanted to do that with me, and that I knew, I don't know who I was at 30. I'm supposed to know who you are? Like, that's really the way I look at it. Like, it takes everybody a while to sort of figure things out, and if it takes to your 30 or 40 or 50, well, that's your pace, you know? We're not supposed to know our frontal lobes are not developed till they're 25, you know? <laughs> so I don't even talk so about. there was a meatball that wrote in that she's been engaged and her fiance recently came to her and said he needs some time. He's not sure if this is the right fit. And to me, I want to say uh, it's not the right fit. Like, do not give him time. Like, I don't know if I agree with that. I think. Well, there's a lot of, qu- I would have a lot of questions on that. How yeah. long have they been engaged? Okay, I don't know that. I mean, why not stay engaged until you see it's the yeah. right fit? That's the thing. Unless she's like, we have to get married by well, Easter. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I automatically was like, oh, there must be someone else that he's trying to like work stuff out with. I didn't say any of this. See, I don't think it's that. You don't think it's that. Well, I mean, okay. it could be, but I think statistically, like, he may, he he doesn't want to fail. Maybe he feels like mm-hmm. if we get ready. married right now, we're going to get divorced and he might need time. For, might have nothing to do with them. Okay. It might have everything to do with him and not, might not have anything to do with her. But these are a lot of questions like, did he suddenly propose? Did he, they go on a long time hey, and then they I proposed? Think it was like a six month period of being engaged and then it was getting closer to the wedding. And it's either... See, I think once he's having those thoughts, it's probably not going to work. That's how I feel. Find somebody else. Yeah, I think you're gonna. It's better to, you know, a lot of people. I ask women all the time, "When did you know you were going to get divorced?" And I've heard everything from the second I said yes mm-hmm. to while I was walking down the aisle to five to like all these kind of things. And I mean, if you want to, you're better off like having these conversations and bailing 
early than 10 years and two kids and you're dropping your son off in the -the jack-in-the-box parking lot every other weekend with your ex and fight i mean have these conversations and uh if you're not adult enough to to have them with each other you're not going your whole life even if it works out is going to be filled with these terribly honest brutal about kids or money or stress or your in-laws or everything like you got to have the conversations constantly and that's not easy for especially when you were just dating and having fun and then you have to go to this scary place it's so fun to just date and then you're going to this like you know how much money is in the in the uh, ira yeah you know and then you're like ugh, but but i think if you love someone you can get through those things you're like okay well let's deal with it well i think you know i think that if you love each other and you're like we're gonna hold hands and jump in the pool we can talk to each other about anything and it's not easy it's not always easy to do that mm-hmm. but the more you do that the more you set times to talk and the more you continue never stop dating each other I love sometimes that. that happens too when people get engaged because then it's all about the wedding which is a lot of times about her and her planning and he's kind of off the side and out of the loop and that's a lot of times when the thoughts start to kick into his head too where mm-hmm. i'm not ready you know my grandparents were poor every day of their lives, but they had a date every Saturday night for 62 years. Oh, I love that. Every so And he's like, and date. so he's like, because my mother, who was their daughter, thought it was irresponsible. They didn't buy like a big house or they didn't buy anything. They spent their money on date night. They kept the romance. And, that, and they were the happiest people I knew. Uh-huh. That's not for everybody. That's a little bit risky and a little bit. And that's what they're, and I'm always like, I want that. I want that. I want what they had. But a lot of women would be like, that's not a good way to spend money either. We need, we show the down payment on the house and you should, you know, do these kind of things. But part of me is just like, you got one shot at this. You might, you should got to be as deeply and madly in love as possible. I mean, what's the point? That's <laughs> what I think the point is. Are we trying to just like get a business partner? If that's I get it. Or, you know, I get you want to have kids and whatever, but I want me and her and let's see how far we can go honestly for me at least this world is so scary right now that i i mean i'd rather have the that true romantic love than worry about just like having kids and like getting the house and all that that comes with it if that eventually happens but i don't think that should be everyone's goal at this point i know a lot of women are like I want to get have I want to get married and have kids. One sentence, same sentence, <laughs> and it's got, I'm like you have to split it into two sentences. <laughs> get married, and then whatever happens happens, or it yeah. doesn't happen. Because tough is a I mean I'm a man. It's tough to tell a woman that it is, but it's also tough. Like once you do get married, once you do buy the house, some people have issues getting pregnant. So like you think you want the kids, but like you might have to adopt. You might have to you do might. certain things. So you better be doing it with someone you absolutely and, are in love and with. And guys, you you might marry her, and she's like, I never want kids, and she might decide she wants a kid in two years, and oh, you got to yeah. give it to her. Yep. That's the deal. Uh, and if she decides no, well, that's the deal too. Like you're in all the way with whatever she wants on this shit. Yeah. And, you know, that's why it's constant communication. But knowing that we do evolve and we do grow and hopefully you're growing, Together. you know, in a direction like where do you see us in f- at 52? Like, where do you see us? And if they're completely different visions, I don't know. But these are these are kind of 
hopeful, positive conversations that I think couples should have. What do you think about ultimatums? Because I feel like I know certain couples that are very successful now after an ultimatum was given. I, I think, and I'll, I talked about this on my podcast once, that okay. if the ultimatum, sometimes the ultimatum is just a really strong way to let them know that you're ready. Yeah. If you're like, we have got to be married by this time next year, like, like I think that more often than not, it lets him know you're willing to go all in here. You are too. I think it's a good thing. As long, you know, it's not threatening, but it's like this is how I feel. This is how I feel about you. This is how I feel about us. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? What's wrong with that? I mean, maybe so that. It's also okay like, This needs to happen by this point. Sure, because a lot of times he just doesn't know, yeah. or his mind is on a weird timetable. You know, because I think it is selfish. If you're dating, you know, someone after like years. I wasted a girl's 30s. I feel terrible about that. Okay. I really did. I can just say that. I wasted her 30s uh-huh. because I didn't even understand where she wanted to be at that place. And we but just kept dating. But also on her for not telling you and Probab- not giving you an ultimatum? Probably. But, you know, she kept thinking one day I would it would kick in and wake up. So the relationship was good enough that you don't want to start all over because you're like if i'm 80 percent of the way with this guy i can just give him the last 20 percent. don't want to slide back down the hill and start all over again but then i'm like oh fuck i wasted her 30s i just did brian i know i feel bad about that i I google all the time hopefully she's married oh god (laughs) do we know i don't even know don't waste a girl's 30s yeah i know but i Looking back now, I know. Don't waste your thirties. Like, be honest with. Don't either. Or or, your relationship. You know, and again, it's not about like like. It wasn't like she wasn't saying anything. She wasn't saying it in a way that I could understand at that point. Yeah. And maybe that's because I didn't feel completely safe with her. Timing. You weren't ready. I wasn't ready. You weren't ready. Or I wasn't grown up. Or I wasn't. Or she wasn't the right. More than likely, she just wasn't the right fit. Yeah. And it was good enough to date, but it wasn't good enough to go. And she probably wanted me to be something that I was not or wasn't going to be. And again, that's on her too. It's on both of us. But There's people that I've dated that in the past either like I broke their heart, they broke my heart or whatever. I thought maybe they could be the one. And now looking back on it, I'm like, no, we weren't a right fit. And that's why they didn't work. And it's really hard to realize People that do uh, lament the old boyfriend girlfriend far more than they do the failed marriage oh, ever notice really? that because people when they get divorced it's like we played out the whole hand uh-huh. and it just didn't work out that's true the ugh, if only i could got her to him or if we only could have one more thing so they do, there is that sort of looking back remorsefully over a boyfriend girlfriend far more than divorced people you that's know so funny. I never boyfriend girlfriends you they break up and they often get back together. Yeah. Husbands I don't recommend and, that though. I don't, you know, it, it, it depends. But husbands and wives almost never get back together, <laughs> which is weird because you went to even a much more serious place. There must have been something between you two that, that led you there. It's really weird that husband and wives never get back together. It's so funny you bring this <laughs> up because I, as like kind of a game tactic, wanted to throw some celebrity couples at you. Uh-huh as to like either what you think went wrong or like if you think they should be together shouldn't be together because okay the first ones Ben Affleck Jennifer Garner 
Well, I think he clearly and publicly has some demons and some problems. Yeah. And she's probably like, I've got a family to deal with and I got kids and I don't need his drunk and anger and gambling and all this stuff. I think that he didn't deal with the stuff he needed to deal with before they got into that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they should get together. No. You know, I think think they're co-parenting. I think they're co-parenting. That's about good. But she's probably like, I don't need the crap. Yeah. Guys, once you're a parent, you can't be doing the crap anymore. Right. You know, you can't be. It's not cute. No, you it's can't. It's not about and, you anymore. And she has, you know, I mean, I don't think they should be together. I never liked them together. I never th- thought they were together well in the first Who place. Who do like him with, though? Because I, for the longest time, was always like, ben, like, I, crush. Like, he was one of my hall passes. Like, Ben Affleck. And now I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, you um, could probably get Ben Affleck. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you probably could. You don't want him. I, I don't want him. Yeah, now, he's a bit of a mess. I don't know. Like, I feel like there is someone for everyone. So do you think like he's dating that he SNL needs a mess like like Jennifer Aniston. He needs another mess. He needs another mess. Uh, yeah. So you think two messes are good together. I think those two messes they they'll eventually like punch each other out and they'll sort of get to the same place. But you can't have one mess and one who seemingly like, I mean Jen- we don't know Jennifer Jennifer Garner could, Garner could be a whack job too. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. But at least publicly she comes off she's, very type A and like yeah, together and like, you know uh I think that it's got to be tough to deal with somebody because if you have the money and the fame and you still clearly have the need to just get shit faced in Vegas all the time, you need to get some help Mm -hmm. and maybe he shouldn't be dating anybody right now. Maybe he never did. You know, well, it seems like he keeps going to get help and it's just either he leaves or it's not working or it's just or he's getting help because that's the PR spin. You're right. Maybe he's just, you know, it's it's maybe it's easier to get insurance on him in a movie because he's getting help. Yeah. So I don't know if I trust that either. You know, A-Rod and J-Lo. See, they are they oddly <laughs> seem to make sense. I like they're, they're They might be the two most egotistical people. I mean, the point where like he has a painting of his body on like a centaur in his house, and mm-hmm. and I feel her like she two. Just got one they kind of mirror in. each other. So is that good? He likes to work out with his girlfriends, though. Like she's kind of fitting into like each. He likes that sort of. She's almost a little too feminine for the girls he normally likes. Really? She's almost a little too girly. He likes those kind of manly women. I forget who else he dated. Oh, he's dating. He's like he dated like the wrestler girl, oh, and he's dated on. some weird stuff. His ex-wife is kind of like. Um, I admit they're oddly like. They're not going to be together fifty years, but they'll have like a fun three. I like. I feel like they're going <laughs> to get engaged, though. I they're really good for do. each other's career. Yeah, maybe. How but do you th- feel like they've been blending families? Like he has publicly like had his. Here's the thing. How old her. is she now? She's like forty-five. Forty-five, maybe close to fifty. I don't know. So she's still a little older than him. Yeah, forty-five probably. They're about the same age. Yeah, about ish. For her, she kept having to date these younger guys to show that she was still like in it. virile and in it, whatever. So he's an athlete, so he still seems young, but they're about the same age. Yes. So it could. Uh, look like they're and again guys we don't personally know these people yeah <laughs> i don't know these people they seem to just get it with each other and to have a good i feel like time. they're in on the their own joke yeah yeah i feel like they like vanity fair cover it's like i feel like they know they're like this is a little silly let's ride with this yeah i'm okay with it i like yeah it. i'm in yeah i'm good i think it's very like tongue-in-cheek and fun i also so blake lively and ryan reynolds 
Like they just <laughs> their happy birthday tweets to each other. Yeah. Were hilarious. Did you see those? I did not. Oh my god. Where like he did something where he posted a picture of himself with like her like her arm in the picture and then for like her birthday saying happy birthday and then for her she posted a picture of ryan gosling being like oh my god i love you happy birthday and so like they have like well i think he's funny but i think for him uh he was with alanis first yes and she's very headstrong you know type a a. and then he was with scarlett johansson who's Uh the same way probably a ball buster whatever and he's probably like I want to be with the boy who wants to be with just the girly girl. And I think yeah. this is this, you know, you get with that after a while. You want to just be with the He's woman. like, I want to be with the girl who wants to be the girl and not bust my chops, which You're I right. think. You know, Scarlett Johansson is very, wants to be the man in the relationship. And I imagine the same with Alanis. And maybe he's just like, this is the fit for me. Okay. You know, because sometimes you, when you're younger, you do need those kind of women to sort of. I had an ex-boyfriend who we had talked about like who our like fantasy was and his was always Scarlett Johansson. And I always was like, yeah, she's super hot and super sexy. But like, I don't know. She's the number two answer that I hear out of guys. Is it? Yeah. Number one is, uh, is Aniston. Really? Yeah. Because she's the hottest one that they believe they can attainably get. Yeah. I could see that. You know, they don't believe they can get Kate Beckinsale and make her happy. She walked by me at Craig's. <laughs> the, oh, oh my God, you're gonna love this story. So I went to Craig's. Yeah. Craig's is where you see like all the celebrities being like photographed. Like if you want to yeah. be like incognito, don't go to Craig's. Yeah. Like there's always paparazzi outside yes. of it. It's it's like what the Ivy used to be. Exactly. Yeah. And so I had brought, I had a few cousins in town who were kind of on like a boys weekend. And so me and Rachel O'Brien, who you guys know from Be Here for a While, went to dinner with them. And it's so funny how unaware guys are (laughs) because I was the first one in line. They were walking us to the table and I have three men behind me and Kate Beckinsale is walking towards me and you smell her before you see her. She (laughs) smells like heaven. Heaven, and then you see her, and you're like, "Holy shit!" But she's very tiny, right? So like, she's—it's not like seeing, you know, I don't, I don't. Giselle. Halle Berry's like that. She's very yeah. tiny. Yeah. So if you're not looking for yeah. it, then like you might miss it because they were like looking to like where our table was. Kim and Kardashian's she, very tiny in person. Again, but also <laughs> okay. I've seen her once in person, and it was on the Chateau Marmont patio. It was like Grammy weekend, so it wasn't even that exciting that she walked on because yeah. it was like one fucking celebrity <laughs> after another. But I just remember her face not looking like a normal human's face, not in like an ugly way. But I had just never seen someone so like not even nipped and tucked. There was just something different about it where it looked like she had. It like looked a mask. animated. Yeah. It looked. It looked CGI'd. Exactly. <laughs> CGI'd in person where I was like, holy fuck. Anyway, Kate Beckinsale, she literally brushed up against me and then brushed up against the three men from New Jersey who don't see celebrities just like was like, excuse me, and just like walked by everyone. And we get to the table and I was like, holy shit, that was awesome. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what? (laughs) You just humped Kate Beckinsale in the middle of Craig's? You what? Yeah, and they were so oblivious, and they were so angry. They were like, "Where is she?" Yeah, but they don't believe they can make her happy and get her. Yeah, they think they could work with Jen Aniston. I think they think they could date her. You're right. So she's the answer that most men of most ages say. That's so funny. But she's would be a nightmare for them. I'm like, you don't even know her. Why would I know people who date her? That she's a neurotic, crazy person. Is she? She. 
put it this way. I've brought okay. this up on my podcast before, and some yeah. of the publicists get mad. She has played the, will Jen ever find love? Will she ever have babies? Will she ever do this thing? on Because it kept her career relevant to play the victim for 10 years. Mm-hmm. She wanted the People magazine to continue to ask the question. She could have stopped that. And nobody would have cared. She wanted that going because that was good for her career to seem like she didn't have it all. Everyone's it made women her. like her because their boyfriend really liked her. Mm-hmm. But if it seemed like she was having a hard time, that's good for her career. Yeah. She can still get the romantic comedy if she's flawed in some way. And so women can relate to her because she was having even a harder time than if she's having a hard time, you know, then then what hope is there for me? can relate to Jen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Her and Ben Affleck together in He's Not That Into You. That movie. They dated. Was he in that movie? movie? Yeah. He was the one that one proposed to her. Oh, that's so funny. But, you know, she played the professional victim for a while. That was part of her brand. Her brand was, she got dumped. Will she ever find love? She wasn't hurting. She had boyfriends. She She was was fine. fine. Yeah, she was was just fine. Yeah. You know? So, you know, so when we judge these celebrity couples, I think you got to work. Oh, I love them together. You don't even fucking know them together. You have no idea. It should be a nightmare. Yeah. You know? I do. Oh, actually, no, I'm not going to say anything. Oh, say. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, like, I know certain reality couples. And actually, okay, last week on the podcast, I had Katie Maloney and Tom Tom Schwartz is her husband. That couple, like, they're even more in love than what you see on TV. Like, on TV, like, if I didn't know them, you'd be like, oh, they're having issues. Or, like, there's so many articles about them. But then there's other reality couples mm-hmm. who, like, have to stay together just for... It's part of the brand. A business thing. We had... Uh- we had Ben Higgins, who was The Bachelor, mm-hmm. do our show in Denver. He was a, did the Great Love Debate in Denver. Okay. And he kept talking about his, you know, I'm just recently out of a relationship and whatever. And I was dismissive of it because I'm like, it was a TV thing. It wasn't that seriously. It took me like 45 minutes into the show to realize he was actually hurt from something that I assumed was nothing because it was on television. Yeah. Like I was very dismissive of it. And then I realized like, oh, that was a real relationship to him. And he really has some some leftover feelings to deal with from it. And I felt so bad that I oh. just was like, yeah, that TV thing. She was hot, you know, like, and I didn't it's, really grasp it. With reality, it's tough. Like Astasi, who's been a past, uh, past guest, her mm-hmm. and Patrick had gotten back together when I had her on the podcast. And I thought everything was going to be great. And you'll see on the next season of Vanderpump, it is not the case. It's tough with, you know, it's a lot of editing going on. A lot. And you can't tell and you don't know and you don't know who who's secretly living in different houses and who's secretly gay and who's secretly. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's it's just a lot of stuff that. You know, try and make your own thing work before you're trying to emulate uh, Britney and K-Fed. Britney and K-Fed. Oh, God. Do you have a favorite celebrity couple or like anyone that you're like, yeah, that's cool. That I think that I would want to hang out with them. Yeah, like someone you'd want to invite to a dinner party with you and your main squeeze now. James Brolin and Barbara Streisand. Ooh. Yeah, because I'm like, she must be no picnic. <laughs> And I think he just sort of lets her be Barbara. And I think that they have like a thing. Like they've been together now a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, he has to take on everything that comes along with dating Barbara Streisand. And I think like that's the couple I want to hang with. Because I want to see how he handles that privately. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Probably a lot. I've yeah. known it. Like I've, you know, been friends with certain people with, you know, they've they've done well. 
And it's crazy. Like a lot of these celebrities have a full staff working for them. I know. And it's shocking to think, how can you have problems when you have a full staff to do all the things that like us normal civilians have to do? It's like, it's like, is it really parenting if you have a full-time living nanny? It's a lot easier. Yeah, it is a lot. Certain things are are easier. But at, at the base of it, what I've noticed from my experience, and you might have a different one, is that humans are humans. And like you still have the same problems. Everybody's a little insecure. Everybody's a little scared. Everybody's a little worried. Nobody has it together. No. You know, if you think you have it together, then you're worried that you might not always have it together. Mm-hmm. Oh, whenever you know? I get real happy or like things are really good, I have a moment where I start crying in the shower because I'm like, oh my God, when is it going to end? Or like I get scared. Yeah. But I'm a lot more hopeful than I used to be now because yeah. I feel like I get it a little bit more. There is sort of, the more you sort of, try and learn and do that the the better prepared you are to deal with relationship stuff and and all that kind of stuff i mean be curious be asking try and figure out women as a species as a gender <laughs> as a big picture so you know that sometimes they wake up in a bad mood and it has nothing to do with you exactly. and they and they spend all morning trying to don't try and make her laugh try and make her smile yeah that's different just try and learn that she acts differently and that we act differently. And if we sort of broad picture it, we don't take everything so personally and don't feel so responsible for somebody's happiness or unhappiness. A lot of times people are just, you know, has nothing to do with you. No. We're very complicated. It's amazing we get together in the first place, any of us. It's shocking, but it's great (laughs) when it works. It's so funny. I'm not going to lie. This weekend, like I got so upset about something and it had, I thought it had something to do with the boyfriend, but it was, after two people had said something to me and then we got in the Uber and he said something along those lines and I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and we get back to the apartment and he was just like, I'm, I don't know what's happening right now. And I literally just had to be quiet. And I was like, I don't know either right now. And we just had to sit there and he kept trying to make me happy. He put like peanut M&Ms in front of me and did all these things. And it took me a good like 10 minutes to realize why I was reacting. And it was something that I was either insecure about or mad about. And it had nothing to do with the other people or anything. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes, you have to just wait for the storm to blow over. Yeah. And if you try and fix it right in the minute, you're just going to make it worse. So hard doing that though. I know. But you know. The juice is worth the squeeze, you know? Oh, I like that. That's going to be the name of the podcast. <laughs> the juice is worth the squeeze with Brian Howie. What? And quickly, I do want to just find out because you have created this whole kind of like empire. Was that your main goal from the beginning? No. I have been a writer, director, producer here for a long, long time. And I wrote a book that was sort of semi-tongue-in-cheek called How to Find Love in 60 Seconds that was sort of dealing with a lot of actresses and models and beautiful women who were I was like I don't understand why you don't understand why you can't date like part of me is like you're just not and so it was sort of a call to arms and a tongue-in-cheek thing and rather than write the book I mean rather than do a book tour where it was me and you know 15 people in a Barnes and Noble my agent at the time's like why don't you put it in like a theater and and ask the questions and I'm not I haven't been the quote the talent Ever. I was always behind the scenes. Like I now, I can do it and be funny and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not a comedian. I'm not any of these things. Um, You're a natural. That's what you are. I, I'm funny. I get it. But um, but because I was naturally curious, I would continue. So I'm like, let's do one of these shows. And we did one in Santa Barbara. And then I was like, oh, that went well. 
let's do another and another and another. And then it just took over everything. And I've done close to 381 cities and going back to Asia. And then we started the podcast. And, and it's just love, dating, sex, relationships is the only subject that every single person in the world has an opinion on, has experience with, and can get in on a conversation with. You go on, you know, real time with Bill Maher, you better know about politics or you can't sit at that table. No. It's not like this. We can, I literally can have this conversation anywhere, anytime with everyone. So we're constantly looking for ways to continue the conversation through different media because it's, I continue to learn and I continue to change and, and uh, it's just something that, that has so many layers to it. And then you throw wrenches into like the election and Harvey Weinstein and, it, it's, always the ship it's always fun. There's always something to talk about. Yeah. So I've been doing this. It went from like, I'm going to do this once to this is my whole, because people are like, you're in the dating business. And I'm like, I'm in show business because I would kind of distance myself from it. But I'm kind of in it now. Like I really do. We have a whole network now. Yeah. Can you tell the meatballs the other And then we started uh, this company on? called uh, Great Love Media. So we produce other people's podcasts, um, mostly to try and find out about human behavior, we have uh, Academy Award winner Tatum O'Neill, who has her podcast Tatum Verbatim. You just did that one, right? And um, she, uh, yeah, and I guessed it on that one the other day. I was the guest <laughs> because she has curious. She wants to know about her life, and she grew up in Hollywood, and it's a different uh, mm -hmm. perspective and um, different relationship people. We give we like having female voices asking questions. I think podcasting now is. You have is Lauren Leonelli on one of yours, right? Lauren Leonelli and Jennifer Golden uh, do It's Complicated, and they're... Lauren's a good friend of my main squeeze. That's how we met recently. And when they started that podcast, they were both not in relationships, and now one is not, and one is, and that's a little interesting dynamic. That's to, cool. I like that. To deal with. We have a, a podcast called The Prison Letters Podcast, where we have a, a guy who literally, he's a, he's a very famous therapist, and he answers actual letters from actual prisoners, and you can see sort of metaphorically that they're sort of like any of us could have had a wrong turn in life and had something turn out this way and they're really uh interesting situations but you know podcasting in general i like it as a, as a medium because you get to have these kind of conversations mm -hmm. and i like that more women are getting into it than ever it used to be a heavily Man. male dominated because the, the the you know the big ones mark Marin, adam carolla bill simmons they're all guys and they spoke to guys but now women are like i can have a a voice and ask the questions and not be afraid to have a guy on my podcast and and uh so that's great love media it's part of the great love debate you know thing but mostly what we're doing is trying to improve confidence and communication between the boys and the girls i think that's the number one thing yeah we're selling hope here we've that's done as far as great love debate live shows we've done gay ones we've done married ones we've done Black ones, we've done all kinds. Yeah. And if you printed out the transcripts of all of them and you didn't know uh, going in what it was, you would see that it's all pretty much the same, that we just don't know how to communicate with each other. Which is so crazy because when you're getting advice on dating, and I would get it from either Cosmopolitan Magazine or not really my mom <laughs> when I was younger or from your friends or I don't know. It would never be about like confidence and communication. It would be like play hard to get, you know? Yeah, it would be game playing or misinterpreting. Wear this. Oh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, um, 
Sorry, guys, we're going very long, but this, I think, will, is helpful for everyone. Yeah, it's helpful for me. Every yeah. time I talk about this stuff, I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. One of the things that the women, the rules books, and the new one they wrote with their daughters, they have a whole list of how you should dress and present yourself as a female to attract men. And I don't know if they say this to, like, sustain throughout the entire relationship, but literally to attract men while you're dating, some of the tips were have long wavy hair mm-hmm. with a little bit of a highlight to wear a gold hoop earring because mm-hmm. men find that sexy to have like a rose gold or gold power statement watch to have a statement handbag, something that says that like, I, you know, I do well, I take care of myself to wear loose, but sexy clothing, like no body con dresses necessarily, just like a silk blouse, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, bronzer to always look a little tan. <laughs> I feel uh, like did, were like, you reading this this morning? <laughs> I know. Is this taped to your mirror? This is so <laughs> embarrassing. I don't go by these. I, a hoop earring doesn't work with me. But I, I I, don't know. I don't know if... Because then there's women... Who's the chick from Orange is the New Black? Ruby. I forget her name. She has like short black hair and tattoos, but she's stunning and gorgeous. I, I just... I think you want... I, I, I think we want you to dress like you want us to care. Okay. Like... We want you to know that you want us to find you desirable. Mm-hmm. So that can in, that can encompass anything from showering <laughs> to fixing your hair, whatever. It could be fun. It could be playful, whatever. But I want to know that I want you to want me kind of thing. I love that. You know? Song. And that's not really about dressing sexy. It's just dressing about like I want to get your attention in some way. Okay. And that's about, you know, Playfulness, which I always want. It's more about being playful than sexual. I always say that. If you want to get a guy's attention, stick your tongue out at him. But do it like you were in the third grade, not like Miley Cyrus. If, if you do it like like playfully, stick your tongue out at me. No, that's like too sexual. <laughs> Did it? It's like a I, lizard. It's that like wasn't, oh, if you that do it in a like playful lizard. manner, what it says to the guy is, I caught you looking at me. Yeah. What do you got? Okay. And it's like a challenge. I think that's and it's really it's fun. Thi- it's things like that that if 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 it's playful mm-hmm. and it's fun, the guy feels like he can win. You know that's why these married women are like, I can't believe my husband spends twenty hours a week playing video games. And I'm like, it's because he feels like he can succeed at the video games. He feel like he can fail anywhere else. And that's why, you know, we have to know that you think this is fun. You know, I'm not saying don't get serious about anything, but create an environment where he thinks he can somehow succeed. So, okay, this weekend I worked the red carpet for, it was the American Influencer Awards, and basically it was just all beauty bloggers and just Instagram, My YouTube stars. Gigi Yang did it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am so frightened of the amount of contouring <laughs> <laughs> and prep. I was like... An, a fucking whole new level of just everything. Like everything was amplified. And it was funny, like being on the red carpet and seeing all these, well, pink carpet, actually. Yeah. Pink glitter carpet. <laughs> um, there was a lot of these women that like on Instagram, they're like bikini models, Instagram models, like whatever. And in person, it was shocking because I couldn't tell, honestly, the difference between the women and the trannies. 
Yeah. And it was too much. Ma- I just felt like it made me want to go the opposite direction of like, I'm, I'm scared of all that. Well, people Does need to put a filter on it just like they do on the picture. I mean, yeah. it's like walking around with an Instagram filter on your face. It was like, do guys like that? Because there were certain ones. It was funny. I was talking to one of the girls I was working with. And there was one woman, she she had great fake boobs. They were like fake, but great. And just kind of one of those Coke bottle bodies. And she was wearing this like glistening skin tight, like bodysuit, low cut V, everything under the lights on the carpet. Yeah. She shined. Like picture J-Lo with like yeah. fake tits minus 15 years. And then we were behind her, like on the escalator, like not under the lights. And I was like, that looks so cheesy. Like she looked so cheap and like whatever that like I almost felt like I saw her like the morning after. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think that's sometimes the guy's like, is that entire face going to be on my pillow? Oh, I hear that from my (laughs) boyfriend. He's like, can you stop it with the lashes and the makeup? He calls my extensions the Muppets. He was like, I mean, it it depends on every every girl is different you know yeah. a lot of girls are like i could throw on the baseball hat and i could throw on the heels well yeah you can and that's good and that's great and we we I love and, that. and we like that and yeah. that's good too but it's got to be who you are yeah you know if was, you can't walk in heels don't <laughs> wear them oh my god it was so bad every oh my god we were sitting outside eating yeah. dinner after the show and it was downtown la la live and they have a few clubs there and oh man, you and know what? You know who I blame a lot of times for screwing up the dating, at least in Los Angeles. Yeah, Lululemon. Do you know why? Why? Because you used to have to have a date in order to look cute. Now you look cute going to Whole Foods oh because the workout clothes are so They're cute. Amazing. So you no longer need that little like. Oh my! He saw me and he, I looked so cute because you don't need that special occasion to look like that. You, you could just bang around town, time. cute. Mm-hmm. It's hurt. It's hurt the dating. That's so funny. Fuck you, you know Lululemon. What? My the main squeeze is always at work during the day. I'm sorry I keep bringing him up, but it's the only thing I can <laughs> okay. compare shit to right now. And I went over. He was sick the other day, so I went over to give him chicken soup. And I had on my like light purple Lululemons, and he never sees me in my workout clothes. And he was like, "Oh my god!" Exactly. <laughs> you guys look as good in that stuff now as as Do you, you doing like dressed up, and because it's like all day long you're normal you yeah. get the looks and you get the attention you get the cute it's not as big a thrill like when we see you for the date anymore yeah because you're already getting the attention so what are you saying just be you just do you just stay i'm maintained. saying just do whatever you want to do stay maintained and like clean. be comfortable just look like it doesn't matter we know that you care what you look like yeah look like you care that we care what you look like well, i don't get that what does that mean it means that if you just show up and you're like I don't care what he thinks of me. I just want to be comfortable. Yeah. But if you show up and like, I'm going to think, he's going to think I'm cute in this. He's going to like me in this. Yeah. Good. I we mean. care about that. It looks like you gave it some thought. And vice versa. Uh-huh. You know? You know, we're going to all look back in uh, 10 years and we're going to regret not shaving in our wedding pictures. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's a phase. We're going to look back on it like mullet. I don't like the scruff in the wedding pictures, uh, and I think we're going to regret it in 10 years. That's so funny. I <laughs> regret it the way we regret We're going to regret all the tattoos in 10 years. I have a lot of friends that are like getting married and whatnot, and actually some are wedding photographers, and we were talking recently about females' wedding makeup and that they look so caked on because they want to have it fresh for the whole day, but like... We're so scared now because every picture now... 
you have the ability to Photoshop yourself and put a different filter and tint or whatever that in real life it's almost too scary to show yourself. Oh, yeah. You got to hide behind that. That's so sad to me. I know. I saw actually, it was a picture on Instagram. It was outlines of two people sitting with their backs to each other. And then on the inside, there was like two like kids like trying to like get through, like looking at each other. And it was like, that's how we relate as a culture. Like we're in our phones, we're backs to each other, like just down, down, down when really we only want love and we want to connect. I know. We just don't know how to get there or we're afraid to go there. That makes me sad. You know what also makes me sad is sports this week, guys. Oh. (laughs) Um, If you could think of anything else, and I'll ask you at the end about relationship advice, but I feel like we've covered a lot. Yes. I hope we helped out. No, you've definitely helped out. I have a rapid fire question round. We're going to talk some sports just enough with Jacqueline's segment. It's happening. (laughs) Um, The Giants finally won. They finally won. Finally won. Are we two wins now? Yeah, they're at two wins. And part of me, it was mad that they won. Because I'm like, see what you were capable of. Yeah. Like, it like, drove me nuts. I'm like, you could have played better and not caused me all this angst. It's so... I mean, I'm we've been kind of spoiled as Giant fans recently. Like, they've won two Super Bowls in the last 10 years. Yeah. It's not like they're Cleveland Browns. Yeah. But it's sort of frustrating that, you know, when they do good. But I look at my Giant fandom. I understand now what it's like for a girl because I... I root for I like Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, and I can see how frustrating it is dealing with a 25 year old guy. Like he just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. And I'm like, that's what it must be like for the girls with the guys. Yeah, it's that's frustrating. It. It's like, really can't annoying. you understand this? He's on my fantasy team, but I can't do anything. Yeah, with them. it's very frustrating. Ah, fucking Odell. I had Eli Manning as a quarterback. I had defense Giants. It was bad. <laughs> I didn't even set my lineup this week. This yeah. is how much I don't give a shit. Um, Trump just tweeted something about Marshawn Lynch. Have you, uh, Marshawn? About Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn stood. Do you for, read he it? stood for the. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll say Marshawn Lynch. Just to, in a nutshell, he they played a game in Mexico, the Raiders and the Patriots. Marshawn stood for the Mexican anthem, <laughs> and he did not stand for the American anthem. So, real Donald Trump uh, <laughs> tweeted. Marshawn Lynch of the NFL's Oakland Raiders stands for the Mexican anthem and sits down to booze for our national anthem. Great disrespect. Next time NFL should suspend him for remainder of the season. Attendance and ratings way down. Sad. No, he didn't write sad. I throw that in. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're being punked on this whole Trump thing, but now it's going on. It's just lingering. We're, we're in a second year now. It's pretty just, much it's happening. It yeah. was funny. Rob Torno. I don't know who that is, no. but he tweeted at Trump saying through 10 weeks of the 2017 season, the average attendance at NFL games is actually up slightly from 68,914 per game in 2016 to 69,264 per game this season. So you're wrong. It's Trump. up everywhere except Los Angeles. I know there's just better Trump. things to do here. It's also, there's no shade at Rams. It's hot. It's yeah. hot. It is hot. It's like, I mean, since we're all going out with contouring, apparently, yeah, no it, one it is hot. sustain it on their But the Chargers Stadium has shade. Nobody's going. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I keep There's just better things here. to do. I, 
which is I there mean, is what, like what like brunch <laughs> like kinda, or, kinda it's a lot of work to go to games a lot of money it is for parking and I the just food, found out you know? it's like sixty dollars at least to park yeah at the I'm stadium. going I'm going this I'm gonna give them my time because the Giants don't play this Sunday yeah so I'm gonna go to the game I'm going to a Rams game you're I'm, going I'm to a Rams game. game I feel like that's a little bit of like sports polygamy like I'm cheating on my team going it's to okay. the Rams game but I'm gonna check it out I think the Giants wouldn't mind if anyone cheated on them this yeah year. so like, I'm gonna go. I like the L.A. Coliseum to me. It just seems like one of these old cool buildings it's that cool. I saw on television when I was a kid and I yeah. couldn't imagine going there. I want to go. Yeah. So I'm going to go check out Ram Ramville. One of my favorite things as a kid, because we had season tickets um, to the Giants, was going to games. That's one I of my all time favorites. I think that's also a great date. I do too. Right. I think it's it's fun and sporting. I always I I like to go to the Giant games in enemy stadiums too. I go to a lot of road Giant games. I don't think I've ever been to a Giant because there's always a lot of Giant fans wherever you go. They travel well, and it's, it's fun so to go weird. into enemy territory. I've never gone in enemy territory. Oh, it's fun. <gasps> that's gonna be a bucket. That's a goal for 2018. It's they're playing the Raiders like guys. New Year's Eve. Are they yeah, this year? Yeah, like there, like in the black hole. I don't know if I'll make it to that one. See, they would have played here last year, the Rams, but that game got moved to London. Oh, you're they right. They played the London game last God, year. God, we just can't win. I know. We're okay. We're doing well we'll in other fine. areas. I've been to two Super Bowls, giant Super Bowls, and so that what? was like, I went to the, the both Patriots ones. Both. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I what? went to the Ravens one back when you were a kid. The Ravens one they lost. I went to that one too. Wow, look so at you. That's fun. Which yeah, I like to go to like shit. When you don't have kids over 40, you can uh, you can go to sporting events. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you can just oh, go to the Kentucky, you go to the Kentucky Derby time. or something because well, you don't have to go to a soccer game. My mom was a very good Italian housewife, even though she's Irish and English and not Italian. He was allowed to go to any sporting event he wanted to. Yeah. He made up for it in other ways. There you go. <laughs> she didn't want to go either. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, meatballs. Um, I just want to say on this date in 1976, Rocky... The Italian stallion, stallion Balboa lost a split decision against heavyweight champion Apollo Creed when Rocky premiered in New York City. I just thought that was like relevant Today? for us. Yeah. This day wow. in 1976, that happened. And I love Rocky and I love what they stand for. And somehow in our family, I'm like far off related to his mom or dad. I don't even know. To a Stallone? To a Stallone. Yeah. So... Yay. Good. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You could tell him that. Yeah. I'm sort of related to Marlo Thomas. Oh, my God. Wait till well, I told her that she didn't care. Like her grandfather and my grandfather cousins, like Lebanese cousins. Oh, my God. That's so cool. She didn't think so. She didn't care at all. I told her that. That makes me so sad. Yeah. She didn't care at all. Do you know my mom was so obsessed with her that we bought her a whole box set of that girl, the television yeah. show? Oh, I'm sure. And then we saw her at the Peninsula Hotel recently. Mm -hmm. And my mom just was like paralyzed. I was like, "Go say hi." No, I went up to her. I was like, "You know, we were the same, when I was a little kid. We were at the same family reunion." Her. She just, she was like, "That's nice." Really? Yeah, didn't care. <laughs> didn't care at all. Ah. <laughs> I know. I don't. You like sometimes that. don't want to meet the people. Brittany Speaking of the I Giants, I went to a. Uh, a game once in Tampa. My girlfriend at the time yeah. took me. She's like, we're going to go to a road game. Flew from Los Angeles to Tampa. We're staying at the same hotel as the Giants. <gasps> and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. They were in the pool. They were drinking. They didn't take the game near, nearly as seriously as I did. I hated it. I was like, I wish I didn't see that. Yeah. I was so like... Nope. I want them to just be like studying their plays and they didn't care. That's they were like sucks. hanging with chicks in the bar and I was like, yeah, I but, hate seeing this. Oh, I forget. This was weeks ago. We, I forget which player who's retired now. He would talk 
about how he he had to drink and do coke. It wasn't LT. It wasn't a giant. It was player. Josh Gordon. Yeah. On the Browns. Yes. And yeah. how that happened before each game. And like certain people, it's just what they got to do. Yeah. I didn't want him to be like normal people. Like I would be, it would be like us drinking before we had to work or something. It's fine. But I, I had a problem with them doing it. I feel like I would have been fine. I don't know. Meeting Britney Spears when she was like the Britney of like the I'm asleep for you era. I don't think. I met I, Britney. I've met Brittany a couple of times. We used to have the same entertainment lawyer. Brian. I did. I met Brittany. What the fuck? And her Why mom am, was really cool. Why am I? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I But I don't know what I was supposed to do with meeting her. You're like, <laughs> you know. Wait, so like, well, tell me everything. So she <laughs> was shy. Okay. Because she had like her mom and other. I met her twice. Yeah. Had her. Uh, Is her mom Lynn? Yeah, I should. I mean, I okay, should. Know like, I, I, don't, I like you pretend you didn't know. <laughs> Did you meet Lynn? And Is she was like nice, but shy and a little southern and fine. She was just kind of fine. But you expect these big personalities when you see somebody, and then you're like, she was kind of meek what like you wouldn't notice her, her like if you didn't know huh when did you meet her twice once i met her at my lawyer's office because yeah. she had a meeting there before that and once i met her at like this small party in new york like 10 years ago or like, like britney now like no like uh was larry rudolph or... <laughs> yeah larry was around so larry. it was i'm trying to think of what um not hit me, baby, one more time. Like after, <laughs> after the next batch of songs. Like, oops, I did it again. Yeah. No, oops, I did it again no. was. Yeah, oops, yeah. I did it again. Like the Justin that, era. You met her in her. It was prom. right after Justin, right before Federline. Oh, that was the best Britney ever. Was it? That was honestly for you, Britney. That was before Kevin fucked her up and after Justin. I messaged you. Was, I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago and they were having a uh, auction of original Britney. <laughs> paintings and I had to ask if you had a birthday coming up because it really looked like finger painting from like a third grader <laughs> and it, and, and she just had like her artwork because it's like you know Britney's an artist no she's no. she's really not, not. She's yeah really not I actually I've talked about these before in other podcasts I have introduced her Instagram to a lot of friends and I'm like this is honestly the funniest without meaning to be funny <laughs> Instagram you'll ever look at how old is she now? I want to say she's 35. 35 or 36. Is she almost a grandmother? I, One of those kids has to be like right? 16, right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, small fry and tater tot. Those are their nicknames. Yeah, it seems weird. It seems weird that like Taylor Swift is almost 30. I know. Taylor, I'm obsessed with the new album, by the way. I wasn't at first. I rejected it. I was like, no, I don't like this shit. And then I went running last Sunday. And I yeah, it's, it's an acquired taste. Sort of like the friends. first time you heard any Prince album. You're like, this is weird. And then you get used to it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Now you good. crave it. She knows what she's doing. She does. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not with her bangs right now, but with her music, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think she should date Charlie Puth. Do you? Yeah. How old is he? He's like 12. He's like he? 25 or 26. He's really? about the same. And I think talent wise, he's close. And I think he, I think that, yeah, that's who I, I want them to breed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, wait, I want, can you give me any advice about what I should do? You know a little bit about in my, your, in your personal life. Yeah. Are you going to live together? Or is this something you can't talk about on the podcast? I can talk about that. We Isn't kind it time? of entertain that idea. It would just make things easier because we don't really get to see each other that much. If you don't get to see each other that much, I mean, anybody can date if you see each other on Saturdays. It's Tuesdays when a relationship happens. We usually see each other on Tuesdays. Yeah. I think you need to, what do you see each other, twice a week? 
We see each other usually um, once or twice during the week. Mm-hmm. And then once, if that, on the weekends. You got to move up to five or six days a week and see how that goes. And then that's when you decide if you want to move in together. Yeah, pretty much. Or make it happen by that. But okay. like two or three, you've been dating too long to only see each other that infrequently. Yeah. I practically see you twice a week. I know. You know? So he, you, he always jokes around. He's like, <laughs> yeah, we've been dating almost a year, but it's like six You're months. You're like, you've seen really each other like good. 35 times. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you haven't Well, that happened. A friend of mine, yet. she got she got engaged and I was like, I didn't even know you were dating somebody. She's like, yeah, he lives in Phoenix. And I'm like, but you live in Boston. She's like, we saw each other every other weekend. I go, for how long? She's like, almost a year. I go, so you've seen him like 18 times. And that freaked her out. Like mm-hmm. nobody ever pointed that out because she looked at the overall time. That's why I brought up the hundred hours thing. Exactly. You I know, should calculate that. With I think him you on have to uh, this week. <laughs> you know, but you're you're like diving in and meeting the families and doing stuff that that accelerates the time. That that all counts as stuff. But you you have to spend you know a lot of time together just to sort of know because if you go from never living together, which some people are like, I'm not gonna you know I get engaged to them or one of those people until. I think you got to know each other's space and, you know, I don't know. That's my thing. But it's, I, it's time that you uh, considered it. Amped it up and considered How far does he live from here? Like five minutes. Okay. Do you go <laughs> to his place or does he come to your place? He always, I always go there. He doesn't, I mean, he lives alone. I get it. I have. Then why aren't you there every night? Because I work really late. So what? Who's going to mind? It's not like it's New York City, five o'clock in the morning. That's true. Who's going to mind you crawling in at two o'clock in the morning? I know, right? Because I also teach in the morning. So I like to like, I think maybe I need like a a, toothbrush there. I have a toothbrush. Okay. Yeah. But I think I need like a drawer. (laughs) You don't have a drawer? I don't have a drawer yet. I mean, he'll supply me with anything I want, but like none of my clothes are there yet. Is that important? That's important. Yeah. Yeah. When a girl's ever said to me, uh-huh. like, that's such a big thing, like, here, I have a toothbrush for you, or I have, I want you in my space. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so good. Oh, God. Yeah, you he want. He doesn't have that here. Oh. Yeah. You, <laughs> I mean, you know. You know what's so scary is, and I, I don't know about you guys, you meatballs out there, but, like, when I watched Sex in the City, I was in, like, college, high school, and now I'm finally at the age that they're at in it, and it's scary to watch those episodes back because... 10 years later, I'm still having those same issues of like, you know. I hate Sex in the City. I'll tell you why. I'm so excited we brought this up. I want to know why. You know what Sex in the City is about? What? Puns? No. <laughs> it's about one girl's 10-year quest mm-hmm. to reform a jerk. Yeah. Women wanted her to end up with uh, Big because they thought, if she can change him, I can change my guy. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole thing. It was like, he didn't, she was, he wasn't nice to her. I didn't understand why women watched that and wanted her to end up with this guy who treated her like crap. And that was the reason. They're like, well, my guy treats me like crap. So if somehow they get together, then he's going to see the light too. And it just drove me nuts. And I, I can totally see that now. I think if I watched the series <laughs> from beginning now. You'd be like, why is she with that? Ger- who cares like, about him? Oh, uh, there's so many red flags, Carrie. Also, this is something you say at your shows. You say... Um, women look for red flags. Men look for green light. Yes. It's good, right? That's a really good one. It's yeah. true. No, you're Bottom right. line is this. The other thing I say at my shows. Yeah. The women need the men to try harder and the men need the women to make it easier. Yeah. And that's where we're at now. If we can just both do that, I think we'll be fine. 
So communication, confidence. We're selling hope here. We're selling hope, guys. We are optimistic and also meatballs. Um, you can write me at what's your jersey podcast at gmail.com if you have any more questions for us. I have a few rapid fire questions for you, Brian. Cool. Um, who would you rather hang out with? Meryl Streep, Polly D from Jersey Shore, Lady Gaga, or Caroline Manzo from the Real Housewives of New Jersey? I was on a date one time in Long Island, and this was years ago, and we had to give this uh my the girl I was out with his brother a ride with his 15 year old girlfriend. We had to like drop him off at the movies and he had this weird girlfriend in the back, Lady Gaga. <gasps> As it turned out like later, like it that, that was Lady Gaga. Stephanie Germanotto was <laughs> yeah. in the back seat. Yeah. Before was she, she was chill? Lady Gaga. No, like they were like a couple weird kids. Cause she brought yeah. it up later. I know the girl and she's like, do you remember the, we gave them a ride and I'm like, yeah, and they were kind of weird and creepy. It was, it was, as it turned out later, Lady Gaga. Uh, I think I would rather hang, of all those people, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, yeah. Because She's I think if I didn't, she could always pretend she was somebody more likable. <laughs> She's probably Yeah, not probably Meryl likable. Streep. I like that. That's funny. That's a good Do question. you watch the Bravo people? Do you know the I housewives? Know the, I know who they are. Okay. I, I know a lot of them. Who's your favorite Bravo New Jersey housewife? Teresa Giudice. Daniel. Manzo's son, Chris Manzo's done our show like three times. Shut up. Yeah, he's done our, our great love debate a few times. I want to be best friends with him. I think he's awesome. Uh, oh, you do? He has trouble with the ladies. Yeah, that's yeah. why I want to be best friends. I, oh, I feel you like can. I'd be a good wingman for him. Oh, yeah, him. I'll hook you guys up in an, in an email. I'll email you and him and you can his, chat. His parents' place, the Brownstone, I think that's the name of it, is right down the street from where my parents live. Like Franklin Lakes is like the town over. I used to date Bethany Frankel. Oh, my God. What? I could see I this. I could see mom. this. I could totally see this. It was before she was who she is. I feel like you guys are too like similar. She was just a baker back in the day. She just <laughs> baked cookies. She was like the runt of her New York crowd back she in the was. day. She was. She wasn't the cool one. Or she no. wasn't the obnoxious. She was quiet. She was quiet? Yeah. Back then. This was like 12 years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. She was shy. She always had that hot little body though, right? She was skinny with big boobs. Yeah. I guess. Not so hot? Yeah, it was hot. I, I like get. Bethany. Yeah, I know, but people are like, oh my God, she's like this big person. She wasn't like that then. No. I think she learned very quickly. What she, she was the working to, girl of her crowd. Yeah, she needed to, you know, step it up. And That's I why she made the money, because she went into it with a brand. Yeah. The rest of them try and you no. know, screw around or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Teresa Giudice, Danielle Staub, Melissa Gorga, Dina Manzo, Jacqueline Larita. Manzo. Dina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Rachel O'Brien does a great impression of her. Let me tell you a something about my family. We're thick as thieves. I can't do it. Um, that was awful. Jacqueline. Jesus. Okay. Where do you see yourself in five years, Brian? Um, that's a good question. Um, geographically. Stop it. You're deflecting. <laughs> what do you want? Um, I will be married. Okay. Um, and I think I will be, it won't just be a relationship, it'll be a creationship, and we will create things together. I don't think I'm going to ever get tired of this. Now that I'm in on the, on the love stuff, I think it helps me as a guy and as a, boyfriend, husband, or whatever, to continue to ask these questions. So I'm going to have uh, new, deeper, better, 
ways to continue these conversations because there'll be all sorts of media that we'll be able to do this through. So that's that. where I see myself. I see you doing that. We'll be in like the fourth season of our Great Love Debate TV show by then probably. I love that that's in the cards. <laughs> Look out for Great Love Debate on NBC coming 2022. <laughs> coming this fall. <laughs> um, Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin? Dean Martin. Oh. I feel like you're the first person to say Dean Martin. Because most people don't know Dean Martin as well. Yeah. Frank seemed like he was kind of a dick. Like, you hear <laughs> stories like Frank would... But Dean, I like that he faked the drunk thing for years after he even stopped drinking. Like, he played the persona of it. I really respect But that, I feel like actually. Dean was in on the joke that Frank never was. Okay. I, I don't think Frank was... Uh, and I like a lot of Dean's songs. And, I'm, yeah, I'm Dean Martin. Oh, my God. I love this. Um, meatballs. We're talking about to hang out with, right? Yeah. Or is this music? Yeah. yeah. No, just like, yeah. Meatballs or bolognese sauce? Which do you prefer? Meatballs. Good answer for the podcast. I don't even really need the sauce. Like you were like, you You gave me some meatballs. You're like, it was perfect. It was perfect? Yeah. I like less sauce, more meat. Goodfellas or Casino? I just watched Goodfellas again on the plane, and I feel like I need to watch Casino. If Casino came first, and it wasn't a little bit derivative, I think we would appreciate it more. Like, there's so much stuff in Casino. James Woods' icky character is so good. Oh, like, my God. Don, Don Rickles. Rickles. <laughs> Don Rickles. I know. There's a lot of stuff in, in Casino that we forget we, because Goodfellas came first. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. I need to give another. I love go- Spider. Like, I've seen... I, I've seen Spider. Imperioli. Imperioli was my acting teacher in New York. Was he really? Yes. And so I love spider scenes. You know, I've probably seen Goodfellas 50 times. I've probably seen Casino nine times. So I, I think I did a presentation I think I need on more casino, casino in fifth or sixth grade. <laughs> like that's how much I loved it. Anyway. Okay. I like that. Real Housewives or the Kardashians? Uh, Real Housewives. I don't understand the Kardashians. I'm no. one of those people. Like, I don't get it. You don't get it? No. I don't understand it. I don't know why they're interesting. I don't. I don't get it at all. Who would be two people that you'd love to have on your great debate panel besides myself? Uh, the live show? Yeah. Like, let's just put that out in the who, universe. Like, who are we trying to get? Yeah. That, so we can get a lot of people. I know. Uh, you've so had really awesome it. people. Um, Barbara Walters. Because she was a little frisky back in the day, but she's never really had a serious relationship, and I kind of want to know why, and I think she'd be good. If she's not too old, I think we. I think she might be sick now. Mm. So when we go to New York, I'm always like, "Can we get Barbara Walters?" Who's like stepped down from Barbara Walters? And here, um, trying to get here. Um, I think I want the Vanderpump. Which one? Lisa. Lisa. I think I want Lisa because she sees the dynamic. There's a lot of shit going on in restaurants. That she sees. I think she know. I think she knows where the bodies are buried. I want Lisa Vanderpump. We could probably get Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah, I think I want Lisa. I just thought of that. Though. Let's start com- campaigning for that. We yeah, know everyone we that's connected to I her. Think, I think I want Lisa. Yes. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. That's cool. Yes. And I just want to end on any dating advice for people right now that we haven't touched on, or anything you want to talk about, or promote. well, I think that you got to uh, meet people. You got to get out of your house. You know, I brought this up in the show the other night. We had a girl who shared an Uber pool with a guy. And she couldn't wait to get out of the car to find him online to say hello. And I'm like, stop it. Get your head out of your apps. You have got to understand that every time you leave your house, 
there's people around you who if you could just connect, engage, make eye contact with them, you could fall in love with them. You could forget how many opportunities every single day. And so you have to look at like tomorrow could be the day, you know? Yeah. I always used to be so focused on I had to meet cute. I had to like fight over a parking space and then we fell in love that it would really like distract from just try and talk to as many people as you can. Girls, if you're not comfortable talking to guys, go to Home Depot and just start asking questions. Oh, like, that's You a good shouldn't one. know how to caulk stuff. Just start asking. Guys want to help you. You'll get you'll feel good about men again how nice they are at Home Depot and men Go to Bed Bath and Beyond and just start saying, does this stuff match? And you'll feel like you have a uh, hundred women who want to talk to you and then move it into like the dating thing. Get comfortable around each other again. We're not so scary and go to places like that and do things like that. And you'll be surprised at how everybody's walls will come down. Oh, I love that. Head out of your apps, Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond. It's confidence and communication. Guys, make a girl feel special, sexy and safe. Everything should be playful and fun in the beginning and, you know, during the relationship. Stop looking for red flags and start looking for green lights. Oh, yes. Wow. Where can the meatballs find you? Pimp yourself out. Uh, go to greatlovedebate.com. You can see our live tour schedule. We are winding down our USA portion of the tour, but we'll be hitting a whole bunch of cities again next year. You'll see that. And subscribe to the Great Love Debate podcast. We have the world's number one dating and relationship podcast. You think you're screwed up? We have a bunch of celebrities on there who are really screwed up <laughs> saying all sorts of uh, crazy stuff. And uh, and it's really fun. And uh, shoot us an email, greatlovedebate at gmail.com. And if you want us to come to your city, we'll try and work that out. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm very flattered I finally got asked. Everybody it. I know in this town has been on this podcast except for me, and finally I, I squeezed in. Brian, it's all about timing. It is all about timing. Thank you. And if you want, you can listen to our episode. of I've done two. I've done one with Becca Tobin from The Lady Gang. Yes. And Glee and some Hallmark movie that's out right now. I yeah. don't know the name of it. And I've also done the last one, the live, the live podcast. Show. The live show. Yeah. Um, so listen to those. We gave some great advice. Also, you killed it with the advice. I feel like I'm going to listen to this over and over again just to like, it's a lot of stuff that we already know, I find, when it comes to dating. I agree. I think if you say it in a way that is memorable and makes sense, yeah, it goes a long it's way. Easier. Yeah. I you mean, know? I've done 300 also, of those live shows, so I know. You had advice... Um, Really quick for dating apps. There was three things you need to have on it. I oh, forget. if you're going to be online dating, yeah, a dating profile, every dating profile should have the following things. And the formula is three, two, one. So that's the numbers. You should have three things that you want them to find out about you. You should have two things you want to find out about them and one thing you hope to find together. So basically, I am this, this, this. I'm looking for somebody who's this and this and let's do this together. Three, two, one, six total things. Very simple. It'll change everything. Perfect, Meatballs. Best of luck to you. Dating-wise, if you have any more questions, email me at whatsyourjerseypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you again for reviewing and reading and sharing and, you know, listening. And I hope you guys all have a great Thanksgiving. You know, be cool and laugh at the shit that happens during the holidays. That's the best thing I can say. That's I'm right. Jacqueline Fuji. Thank you for listening to What's Your Jersey Podcast. I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.